Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello there, and welcome to the Cognitive Recalibration Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Shravan. We've got Taran here with us. Did that work? Like the, the intro? Or yeah. Do you, well, do you reckon it worked? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. Yeah. Yeah. I was dreaming about it last night. I'm like, how should I start this, you know, podcast? How should I start With the this intro, yeah. 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 And then, you know, I thought, hello there, because- Oh, it's, okay. It's the thing yeah. that he says. I see what you did there. Yeah. Yeah. I had a massive <laughs> grin on my, on my face. <laughs> So today we're going to be talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi, the Disney Plus show. And as usual, when whenever we do anything Star Wars, we can't do it without uh, Star Wars expert, Basker Cherikuri. So welcome back. Howdy. How are you going? We're going great. It seems like, because I only just finished editing that Boba Fett episode oh, yeah, like, that one, yes. like two weeks ago, and that was a long episode, but it was really detailed and we went into a lot of... Uh, Basically, a deep dive into everything Star Wars in that episode, so it was it was really good. So yeah, it was more a conversation as to the state of Star Wars, and yeah, that that was a good three hour, almost three hour podcast. Yeah, it was almost yeah. three hours, and when I edit, we didn't lose a lot when I edited it down. It came down to like two hours and forty minutes or something. So that's quality stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So let's see how we're going today in terms of uh, in terms of length. We we got a bit to talk about in terms of Obi One as well. It's been a little while since it's been out. I did have to do a bit of a refresher this morning. I watched that. The recap that they have at the, the start of the first episode, which is a recap of the prequels. Um, but yeah, I've been, I've been just doing a bit of research over the last couple of days. Uh, so as usual, we'll do a bit of background on the show. We'll do, we will do non-spoilers in case someone hasn't seen it yet, but we'll keep it pretty short in terms of non-spoilers. And then we'll spend most of the time doing spoilers and going through each episode and going through our thoughts. A bit of background on the show itself. So unlike The Mandalorian and I'm pretty sure Boba Fett as well, they had different directors for different episodes. This is all directed by Deborah Chow. So yeah, yeah. Um, all, all the episodes are directed by Deborah Chow. Obviously, return of Ewan McGregor after the prequels. I just realized this, but 
Revenge of the Sith came out 2005. So Correct. this is 17 years later. Yeah, it's a while. That is a long time. But yeah, I mean, he's aged pretty well. He's still, he doesn't look that old. So he's, he doesn't yeah. look like Alec Guinness yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the team, the creative team almost waited for even McGregor to kind of look the part of like that halfway between yeah. Revenge of the Sith and. And a new hope, and that oh, you know what, he looks good now. Let's let's do it. Yeah, he's come on as a uh, executive producer for this as well. So he's he was involved in some way in the production side of things. Other producers, Kathleen Kennedy, who's involved in all of the Star Wars products that come out, so all the TV shows and all the movies as well. And then uh, Deborah Chow was also a producer. Other things I wanted to mention: cinematography, Chung Hoon Chung. This person, uh, I didn't realize this, but I looked into his background, and there's a couple of movies that we've seen from him recently. So, Last Night in Soho, oh, which had wow. some very interesting cinematography, uh, was done by him. Interesting. Okay. They use John Williams' theme whenever their Star Wars related things. They do use his original themes, but in terms of the other compositions for this show, it was by Natalie Holt, and she was involved with the Loki series, yeah. also yeah. on Disney Plus. Each episode runs between. I think half an hour to I think the longest one was about fifty minutes, so that similar t- sort of time range that they had for Mandalorian and Boba Fett, and there is six episodes, so it's a shorter. I mean, yeah, I mean they're doing six for most most series now. I think on Disney Plus, mm, and yeah. uh, we'll get into our thoughts on that. Anything else in terms of background? I, I didn't want to obviously Obi Wan. When we talk about these characters, we talk about where they first originated, but. Obi-Wan originated in the first Star Wars movie. So it was, that was the first time you saw him. Yes. So, um, A New Hope is where you first saw him, obviously played by, um, as you mentioned, Alec Guinness. Also the creator of Guinness, the uh, world famous drink. (laughs) (laughs) About Star Wars, the first one, apparently, um, like he drank a lot of Guinness while he was on set. No, well, he took it really seriously. Like he, cause he was like a well known, actor yeah yeah uh, he was he, he was he the, famously uh, hated it though <laughs> oh i think i think he when he did it it was cute it was this little project that he was helping george lucas get on the get on the get on the board and uh you know george lucas obviously using alec guinness's name as a as a billing actor that, to kind yeah. of get, get that pull get. um a bit like you know how stranger things got winner one writer to yeah, uh, as, yeah. As, as a bill name right yeah. writer. i mean and this and alec guinness was i mean he was also a renowned like a classy actor as well he was like a well well yes. established, like if you got someone like a uh, uh, who plays Odin, um, Anthony Hopkins, yeah, someone someone like that, yeah, someone yeah. of that stature, essentially uh, yeah. playing a character. But then Harrison Ford and uh, the rest of the cast, they were kind of just like fooling around a bit. They were just having a bit of fun. They were basically kids. Yeah. They were essentially yeah. like early twenties, late teens. Like Carrie Fisher was like sixteen when she joined. Yeah, she was very she was young. Like in, yeah, you know, Mark Hamill was pretty young as well. And, yeah, yeah. I remember there was another actor. Like a very established actor, Peter Cushing, who played Admiral. Um, yes, yeah, he, I forgot his name, but he he played the Admiral. Yeah, a lot of these established actors kind of helped set the the imperial feel. Yeah, of the thing. Obi Wan was more English, but I think that it was it was good to have that that classical acting. Yeah, bring that gravitas forward. So, yeah, I do remember seeing the interviews where Alec Guinness was talking about the fandom and what Star yeah. Wars has become like a cult, and he was like, eh, "That wasn't what well, it was to him." It brings on the famous tradition of. In every trilogy or in every Star Wars movie that's made, most of the actors hate it afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting, yeah. 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 So, it was, it's surprising to see the feedback. Yeah. Harrison Ford yeah. famously hates anything Star Wars. Yeah, um, I think he just doesn't care. I, I like 
Whenever they yeah. ask him any questions, it's like, yeah, I don't care. It's like, I just don't care about and, it. Um, yeah. He's almost like too cool for like the whole fandom. Like even before Star Wars became mainstream, like I remember watching it as a kid and thinking, oh, this is an awesome universe. This is an awesome thing. And the people who would come to, you know, movie releases were the, were the fans. There was no Comic Con essentially for movies back then. Yeah. Like there was no, the, the fandom hadn't gotten that far just yet. I think as soon as the prequel trilogy came out, it was kind of, yeah, you know, they're not as good as the originals. People hated it. Some people loved it. And then it, I think the sweet swap spot was like around four to five years after Revenge of the Sith when the Clone Wars came out in 2010. That's when the fandom started again. That's and Comic-Con's was- become much more prominent in the last maybe 10, 15 years. Before that, it wasn't really a – Yeah. No one really cared about it that much. Yeah, it was like George R. R. Martin-style people, basically. <laughs> but, yeah, Harrison but- Ford would never come out to a Comic-Con for stuff. Well, he wouldn't do a Comic-Con ever for anything. Yeah, yeah for anything. Yeah. He did come to one Star Wars thing, like, yeah. I think when Force Awakens came out. But if you see out, any yeah. interviews where, yeah. like, he's doing an interview for something non-Star Wars related and they ask him for something Star Wars – just like no, not answering that. Yeah. Well, the funny yeah. thing is, I think he did come out for this one. Obi Wan Kenobi start the. I think Sandy he did. Comic-Con. Yeah. Very recently, he came out. He came out, something. and it was when John Williams was doing his. Uh, I think it was his 60th year or 50th year. It was like a jubilee celebration of his work. Yeah. And Harrison Ford came out to honor him as part of his work on Obi Wan Kenobi, and uh, the yeah. crowd went nuts. And it was like because because he yeah, is a very rare appearance. But that's the only, one of the only times he's ever came out was was for Obi Wan Kenobi. And the person that's taken over the mantle now is um. What's his name? He's in the new trilogy. Adam uh, Driver. Nah. Uh, oh, yeah, John Boyega. No, very, very famous guy. He's Oscar in the, Isaac. Oscar Isaac. Yeah. Yeah, Oscar Isaac. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. They, in, I think it was for the the last movie when it, when they were doing press. They're like, oh, if you if they want to bring your character back for a Disney Plus series, would you do it? He's like, nope. <laughs> and, and yeah, like, he said like he, they have to pay him like. No, he said even if they pay him three million dollars an episode, he's not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Wow, okay, yeah. I I think well, yeah. I mean, his character definitely got shafted in that trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> it started off as being like a really cool character in Force Awakens, and then he just became nothing after that. Yeah, yeah. 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 They had they had a lot of scope. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. Okay, well, let's talk about it. We can do our non-spoiler thoughts. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then we'll jump into spoilers. So we'll start off with positives. So uh, I thought, and with story, we can go through a story and you know what the story is. It's between it's between the prequels and the, the original trilogy. Yeah. So it's it's whatever happened to Obi-Wan in between that. Uh, but basically, positives, I think Ewan McGregor, obviously, is is amazing in this role. Yeah. Uh, he, and he definitely channels, when you hear him talking normally, He's very different. He's a different person uh, to what he is when he's Obi Wan. I think he definitely channels that Alec Guinness. Like he even changes his accent a little yeah, bit, and yeah. like the way the cadence of his speech as well, he changes. Uh, so he yeah definitely channels that character, and he he did a great job. I think and this wouldn't have been as good if it weren't for him. Like it all centers around his character, obviously, and he brings the performance. So I think Ewan McGregor makes it watchable. Any other positives? I would say that it's um. It's a spiritual successor to the prequels. Like mm. if you if you're if you're at all a fan of the you know the prequels and you finished watching Revenge of the Sith and you thought oh wow that was a bit of an abrupt turn of events and ending and it was quite tragic and it's been yeah what seventeen years since that came out so there's no spoiler spoiler alerts required but it was quite a tragic uh, series of events and it, and Obi Wan Kenobi the TV series kind of takes a wonderful approach to honoring that 
storytelling, George Lucas's storytelling, and actually literally follows on straight from the memories and the the emotions that you're left with. Yeah, and it kind of carries on from that. But like like Straven said, it was um the focus they've put on his character, Obi Wan Kenobi's character, and Umaru's portrayal. The yeah. writing is actually very in depth uh, for the moments that he's involved in. And it, it goes through his psyche and it goes through his processing. And like you're, you're kind of led to believe, oh, everything's fine. And Obi-Wan Kenobi at the end of Render the Sith just becomes Alec Guinness. Yeah, it does. And it's just, that's yeah. it. And you hope 19 years later, that gap, he's, he's now this yeah. wise master. It's not, it's not the case. It's not yeah. the case. So they show the, the struggles he's gone through in that time. Yeah, I did think this show, I mean, they could have made it really sad. Like it could have just been this guy in a desert just being sad most of the time. Yes. But it's, not that it, 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 you know. There's other Star Wars stuff happening at the same time, and it's it's they made it fun. It could have been very serious and sad. But, oh yeah, it could be uh, very very like isolated, maroon <laughs> on a like every episode is just him silently praying to some yeah. some force and not, <laughs> not yeah. hearing any answer. It could have been that, but and another positive they they do involve the extended universe. They they bring in from the trailers and they they obviously bring in the Inquisitors, which is a very uh, prominent. New force that you see in, or not new force, I guess new new enemy combatants that you see in the Fallen Order series, for example, the games uh, from uh, Rebels, Star Wars Rebels. If you're a fan of the animated series, it, like if you've watched those, you'll recognize the same elements here. And also, you see the state of the the Empire and and you know the townships and people. And now that the Empire is now in control, or has it been ten years since the events of Revenge of the Sith? This yes. is based on yeah, ten years later. Yes, ten years later. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. it's it's a really interesting place and time to step into yes to see what's what's going on no i think that pretty much covers it. it it does flesh out the series a little bit more especially for people that haven't seen clone wars before i think it's a good stepping stone to flesh out the relationship between anakin and obi-wan because as as much as they're in the prequels a lot together their relationship is not shown in the prequels that much they're, they're only just like bickering with each other or they hate each other it's never shown as a kind of it's meant to be an older brother relationship essentially but yeah it's never really shown in the prequels that much like maybe in like two or three there's like there are six hours of prequel footage but it's like in like maybe like half an hour that they show their relationship in those movies well in the first one it's not really there because he's a kid in that one anyway and the second one in the second one they just hate each other yeah and it's, then it's, he's with Padme the whole time. And the thir- yeah. it's in the third one you do get a little bit. There's there's some good moments. In- I, I, I do like Revenge of the Sith. I think that's that's it's, bu- the- it's the best prequel. Yeah, yeah. it's the best. It, it yeah. got it's the actually, balance right. Yeah, it's and- actually one of the better Star Wars movies. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I mean, this is a controversial opinion, but I still love Phantom Menace. Like even I don't. It- <laughs> <laughs> like, ever since ever since I saw it, I'm like, yeah. you know what? It's a kick-ass film. It's it, the pacing is a little bit slow. Yes, but the pod race scene fixes that <laughs> and, uh, the pod race goes for way too long uh, in my was, opinion the yeah. only reason why i liked the first one was that there's no romantic subplot apart from like yeah. a 14 year old trying to flirt with a with a 14 year old princess like there was no other romantic subplot and i'm like you know what it focuses on politics and the story which is great but when it gets to the relationship between one and anakin it's it is brother it's brotherly but it's also a bit like father-son relationship that's what you see in attack of the clones where it's like someone's trying to control this teenager and he's like, oh, I'm being held back. I just want to let go, yeah. uh, which is, I wish they explored that more, like his his innate rage or whatever he was battling with. And then you're left with this moment in Brendan Sith where it's like, oh, they're really, they're really, really close. They're almost like 
brothers who love and respect each other. They'll do anything to protect each other. And then it's kind of severed at the very end of that movie. And you don't get a closure. And that's why Clone Wars is great to build yeah. all that up. Yeah. To, to if show- you just watch the movies, it's kind of like, yeah, they say they're brothers, but are they? Like they yeah. like they never really do anything brotherly or yeah. they're not really on screen that much together. Yeah, yeah. even in yeah. Revenge of the Sith because Obi-Wan- They're always and, separated. Yeah, he yeah. goes and does that side quest and then Anakin's- Talking with uh, Palpatine in the meantime, and yeah, yeah, and and that like I, when I was thinking about Obi Wan Kenobi the TV series, I was not expecting for them to touch on Obi Wan's thoughts about or memories about his time with Anakin at all. So it's it's kind of interesting to see them touch on that in this series. That's that's a that's a great nod to all of the people who are like, oh, they've you know, Anakin and Obi Wan had this history, and we know what Anakin became. Are they gonna? Is Obi Wan gonna even think about that stuff? Is he gonna look back, or is he gonna try and block it out like tra- traumatic memories? So it's it's really cool to see how they dealt with that. Saying that though, I didn't love the show. I thought it was good, but I didn't love it. I, it's not as good as The Mandalorian for me, or it's probably a little bit better than Book of Boba Fett. But yeah, there's there's flaws to it that I just couldn't get over. Basically, yeah. I, I think the overall story was okay. But where you're left at the end felt like where they left at the end of Revenge of the Sith as well. And I'm like, what was actually achieved? There was some character development, but I thought what they, what he got to at the end of Revenge of the Sith was what he got to at the end of this as well, um, in terms of where he would go. So I thought it was slightly unnecessary because they wanted to do two seasons maybe instead of one. There's a character called Reva in this who. I thought her motivations were weird. Weak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah um, it didn't make sense most of the time, um, especially in the last episode. There's some stuff that she does, which I'm just like, why are you doing this? Like, what what is your motivation here? And there is some flaws with the action, which is mainly due to, I think, the use of the volume. Yeah. There's scenes where people are running away from other people. Yes. And it looks very <laughs> bad. And I think it's because- yeah, it's because they were in the volume and you can't keep running because there's a wall there. So, like, you kind of see people jog around each other and it looks stupid. But I think they were, like, they yeah. were limited to, to what they had. Some of the action was really good, though, but some of it wasn't that good. I would agree with that. I think some yeah. of the action, especially in the first two episodes, yeah, uh, there's, some, there's a lot of chase sequences, I would say, yeah. in the first couple of episodes. And they went from they should have been like suspenseful and oh what's going to happen but they almost, almost ended comedic, up being yeah. pretty comedic the way yeah, yeah. the way you know things panned out and but it was uh, memed on the internet afterwards <laughs> yeah. yeah it's funny how they, they kind of internet's really good at picking out cinematic flaws yeah <laughs> which is good I, I i do agree it it the tone of the series was i think they were advertising it kind of showing it to be going in one direction and there was a lot of hype around an number one series like would it, would it be very like a pensive series to just talk, talk about like a meditative state of what he's going through. Is it going to be an action field series? And it's like, if you're talking about post Clone Wars, the action's not going to be as intense. It should be something that's like reeling from the effects of war. And so it's interesting to see the direction they took. And I agree. It's, it's not the tone that I would have expected. Some parts were enjoyable. Some parts are just kind of like, I would not have imagined this would be happening at all. Like, you know, like I mean, you, you, it's it's not the Far Cry to say from the trailer. If I was if I watch the trailer, and it's like Obi Wan's on another planet. After the events of Revenge of the Sith, you're like, okay, that's interesting. 
I thought it'd just be stuck on Tatooine the whole time. There was, I don't think this is a spoiler, Leia's in this, and her acting was terrible at the start, but it actually got better as the show went yeah, on, and I, I thought it was say, all right, yeah. So, this, if I just watched the first two episodes, this would have been a negative, but it actually ended up being a positive, yeah. Leia's character, because she does grow on you as the, the show goes on. Definitely the first two episodes, I'm like, She's if this continues, good. it's going to yeah. be a little bit hard to watch. But um, <laughs> no, just, I don't know what you mean exactly. Yeah, yeah. she yeah she got much better, and and yeah she's she does grow on you as a character as as the series goes yeah. on. So I, mean, I think that was good. I think she good. did a good job. I'm I'm, I'm good yeah. on them for casting someone age appropriate, like young, like really, like, mm. and it was it, it seemed talented. like she learned how to act while she was on the job. If yeah. they film, if they filmed it in order, it's probably her first acting role. Probably. Well, it's and it, she did really well, like towards the end, the start, not so much, but yeah. yeah. I was actually looking at her film just to see if this was her first acting credit. So it's not. She was in Bird Box. Oh, okay. Was she, um, was she the baby or something? How? So this that came out in 2018. How old is she now? It's probably she 10. Is 10. She's yeah. 10. Yeah, so oh, that was 2018's four years ago. So she would have been like six in that. Okay, haven't seen Bird Box. So I don't know. In terms of television, she's been she's been in some shows. So she was in the First Lady this year. Oh, okay, interesting. Um, right. She's the First Lady. <laughs> That's a show where talk, there's like it's three- about pedophiles. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to be like a a girl who's made president at the age of like six because like they just get sick of all the adults. They just go complete left turn. It's just like we've got to pick a, we've got to pick a kid to lead this country. She I think plays it's a- little Eleanor Roosevelt in that. So, oh, there you okay. go. Um, but it's about three different. Wives of presidents. I remember. I remember this one. So yeah, Michelle, I think it was like Michelle Obama, Roosevelt, and one other. Interesting. Yeah. Well, she's got a lot of credits for that age. Who knows? Yeah. Like, this is going to propel her career. She's been in this is great uh, six shows, including this one, and she's been in four movies. Wow. Damn. Go get her. I, I just remember her getting like a mass, a really, really warm welcome at like Comic Con. Like when they when they caught all the uh, actors onto the stage, yeah, one by one, it was like uh, they they just caught you know, Reeves' character. Everyone's like, um, I think Uma McGregor was already on there, and then they finally called Leia's character, and they, like the whole crowd just gave such a warm welcome. It was really yeah. wholesome. Uh, other negatives, I think there's stuff that happens in this show where I feel like it's just very convenient the way they the kind of finish up some things. Oh, so there's, you know, there's certain people are supposedly dead, but. You know, in Star Wars, they're never dead. And then, like, certain things happen where characters escape a situation where they really shouldn't have escaped, mm. uh, but they do because there's three more episodes and yep. the st- other stuff has I think some of that was <laughs> to do with the volume as well and how it's filmed. Like, yeah. there's, there's parts where people should have died or did die and then they come back and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. There's, yeah, certain things, but we'll get into in and spoilers, but overall, I did like the show. I mean, it's not as good as Mandalorian for me as well, but I think it is better than Book of Boba Fett, mainly because it did. It was an Obi Wan Kenobi show, and it it was an Obi Wan Kenobi show. It was about him. Yeah, yeah. So I I thought that was they did a pretty good overall. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I yeah. would I'll probably agree with the the ranking there. Definitely, I think it's it's a must watch for anyone who's watched. Um, Who's a Star Wars fan? I'd say you know if 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 you're a Star Wars fan, watch this. If, you, if you're not a Star Wars fan and you've just seen like you know the prequels, give this a go. If you've not touched Star Wars at all, maybe catch up on the main main movies for a bit and then give this give this a watch. It's definitely one of the um, one of the more important production value series that is in essence like you you could go without watching Mandalorian and not miss anything too heavy. 
you could in this, yeah, yeah, like you could. you could you could go without watching Book of Boba Fett, not miss anything too much. But like I said, I would recommend Book of Boba Fett for any hardcore Star Wars fans because they're like, mm. there's some serious shit that goes down. Uh, likewise, in this one, yeah, there's some serious stuff. That goes this down. is actually the first show that my wife watched Star Wars show, so she didn't watch Mandalorian. She just couldn't get into it. Oh, really? Uh, Boba Fett was like. That's that, was, left field. that was just way too. <laughs> That's too left field. That was way too Star Wars for for her. But in this, I think maybe basically because of Leia. I think Leia was like, oh, interesting oh, point. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, something interesting, and it was a character that you, other people could relate to, like non-Star Wars people could actually sort of relate to. And so I think potentially it can get a, a a wider audience than some of the other Star Wars shows. This this particular one, which is very interesting, because that. I feel like that was the whole purpose of Grogu in the Mandalorian to kind of yeah. pull that whole fandom, like the the other fandom, yeah, um, in into the series. But that's interesting. They, I didn't think about it that way. Yeah, yeah. but even Mandalorian, I think people like Grogu, but the overall show they they really can't get on board with non Star Wars people. That is, oh, uh, whereas yeah. this, it's there is Star Wars stuff happening, but there is a sort of a central plot which involves the relationship between Obi Wan and Leia. Yeah, uh, and I think that's relatable for non-star wars fans so, interesting yeah. that's great yeah maybe we should have her on next time just to give a give an opinion of what yeah, you thought yeah. of the series. well i asked her before i was like what do you think of everyone it's like oh i don't like star wars but like, <laughs> <laughs> like, you watch the whole show <laughs> <laughs> that's great so, like oh i just don't like the you know, creatures and i just don't like the the overall atmosphere i'm like oh fair enough yeah. she would be <laughs> really valuable in like a star wars focus group <laughs> like yeah. just being honest about it and so like the, all the execs are taking furious notes for the next series it's just like <laughs> yeah and there is some good practical effects in this actually um, there's one character in particular where they meet meet him on in like the third episode I thought he yeah Kumail Nanjiani yeah oh yeah he's practical he's a practical yeah. <laughs> oh yeah yeah they brought in Kumail Nanjiani yeah. yeah practical effects <laughs> they did just use the poster of him <laughs> yeah spoiler alert no not really <laughs> he's a minor character but he's good Cool, cool. Okay, so I, I give it a cognitive. There's some minor sure. characters in this that don't really do much as well. <laughs> there are, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I I think- like good, good name actors as well. Kumail Nanjiani and um, Ice Cube's son. I forget what his name is. Ice Cube's son. Oh, yeah. In he's in the fourth episode. I think. Yeah, yeah. And that other lady as well. Oh, she plays yeah. a bit more of a prominent role, but mm, she yes. is the uh, Ice Cube's son. Does nothing in this. No, he's, yeah. I didn't even know he was Ice Cube's son. <laughs> <laughs> What's Ice Cube's real name? Because this guy's name is that with Junior behind it. Oh, okay. I can oh, look really? up the cast. <laughs> yeah. We can have a check. Yeah, when we get into it. I was thinking uh, something creative. Like- Han from Fast and Furious is in this. He is. He yeah. doesn't do much he either. Do yeah. Either. Oh, is he really? He's one of the- um, He's one of the Inquisitors. Inquisitors, yeah. Not the main oh, Inquisitor. Yes. Like yes. The, fifth, Inquisitor. the fifth brother. Fifth yeah. brother. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. He's, He's the one that's always on her. On her O'Shea back. Jackson Jr. Yeah. I remembered. That's uh, his name, yeah. The other lady I was referring to was Indira Varma. Indira yeah. Varma. Oh, yeah. yes, yes. She was in Game of Thrones as well. She, she is, was. yeah. Yes. The, oh, alongside in- Petro Pascal <laughs> for Dawn. They That's both it. made it to Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, I get a cognitive recalibration. Yeah, probably yeah. do just. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't watch it again, though. <laughs> Maybe Not that I'd watch any that. of these again. <laughs> I think I think it does fit in well between the prequels. and it's, It does. If, if you're yeah. doing that sequence, I think you, you could watch it. Yeah. It's better than... Another thing I didn't mention was um, because they because followed this six-episode structure, there were certain things that they definitely could have left out. I think this would have actually been a better 
movie. movie. Yeah. Like movie. A, yeah. yeah. Because they did a Han Solo movie. I think this would I think that's why they don't do movies anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, but I think this would have, just the way it was, um, the story goes as well, I yeah, think it would have yeah. fit well into a nice, like, two and a half hour movie. But Possibly, yeah. yeah. An episodic series kind of maybe does it a bit of disservice. Yeah, I, I would yeah. give it a, what's my rating level stars? I'd, I'd give it uh, seven and a half stars out of ten. Seven and a half lightsabers out of ten. Seven and a half lightsabers, yeah. Seven yeah. seven lightsabers and a pike out of ten, yeah. I don't know what a pike is, but I <laughs> it's like It's like it. one of those, like, yeah, hybrid It's what weapons. Yoda uses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Yoda's, Yoda's lightsaber. lightsaber. <laughs> seven regular lightsabers. Seven regular ones and Yoda's one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and um, for, for yeah, both Star Wars fans and not, I would say, yeah, it's definitely, yeah. that's that's uh, just just below Mandalorian Season 2 and, yeah, above yeah. Book of Boba Fett. We'll jump into spoilers then. So if you haven't seen Obi-Wan, go watch it. We we do recommend it. And yeah. then come back to this point in the episode and listen to our spoilers. All right, so we can go episode by episode. So episode one starts with a pretty in-depth breakdown of what happens in the prequels, actually. A lot of people are saying a lot of people were watching the prequels before this show came out. Nice. Uh, in preparation for it. And they're like, oh, um, we didn't have to put ourselves through <laughs> through all of that. We could have just watched this recap. Uh, it was much less painful. But, yeah, it was. they did a good job with the, the recap. Essentially, if you hadn't seen the prequels... Sort of gives you an idea of what happened, yeah. And the, then you the bare necessities, yeah, 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 like the most important snapshots. Yeah, you go straight into actually the first sequence is when the younglings are is it's in the Jedi Temple, right? Where oh the massacre, yes. Order sixty six, Order sixty six. Yeah, they, they go in hot. It's it's only like a two minute sequence, but they show a little bit of that, which we do come back to later in the show with Reva. Apparently, a fan theory the whole time was Reva was a youngling. Did you know that? Well, it's so obvious if you rewatch it, and I knew this from the very start because at the end of that that sequence, they zoom in on this girl's face, and she's African American, and they zoom in on her, and she like has an expression, and then the very next scene, you see Reva. It's like, oh yeah, so who's this going to be? It's oh, obviously they're Reva. Actually, they're playing with it. I, yeah, it, 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 I didn't catch on immediately. Like I, I didn't catch on it. It was only when I went to the internet, and everyone's saying, "Oh, it's got to be this black girl," and I'm like. There's, there's more than there's got to be more than one yeah. like you know uh, diverse character. Like, I, I just, there's Indian characters. There's yeah. uh, there's a lot of people there. So it's like maybe it's just another person. But it, the moment someone said it, I'm like probably makes sense to go that way. Yeah. So I kind of wish they didn't leave hints of it too obviously. They would it would be nice to kind of be a bit of a real surprise. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think people didn't realize it until she knew that Anakin was Darth Vader, which doesn't make sense. Well, how does she know he's Darth Vader? So she she saw him she march saw into him the temple in the temple. Yeah, but he was yeah. Anakin Skywalker, so how does she know who Darth Vader is? Yeah. So I think it was It doesn't it make was, sense. It was implied that somehow she made the connection that this guy was a Jedi turned Sith and then like yeah, Darth Vader unless they used his name no yeah, maybe someone There's, referred to him as. But who who would have referred to him as Darth Vader? No one knew he. The only guy that said he was Darth Vader was the Emperor, and then he goes in and kills a lot of people, and then he fights Obi Wan, and then he gets burnt uh, up, and although, then he puts the mask on. If this is following comic book canon, it's when, not. <laughs> no, as in the comic books are made uh, after Disney acquired. Them. Oh, okay. So yeah. the Darth Vader comic books, his clone troopers, once they were activated, the Order sixty six activation chip. Go watch the Clone Wars people if you know what I'm talking about. When they get activated, they actually refer to him as Darth Vader, as even Darth though Vader. he's not yet in the suit. So maybe they knew it. Maybe but someone referred to him. How does no one else know that he's Anakin Skywalker then? Like the other Inquisitors and yeah, because apparently only she knows. Yeah, yeah. as in yeah. only only the only Anakin's closest five hundred first troops, the Clone Troopers, the Emperor, 
and Obi-Wan and the Jedi know officially. And once the clone troopers were decommissioned, it was like, well, they were basically made, they were like on the streets and stuff like you see later on. They'd, no one actually cared what they thought. So there is a possibility of her knowing, but I, I don't like the way they made her like this really, really intuitive, clever character who just connected the dots. Yeah. You know? Well, they needed like, to explain how she knew. That's true. That's true. You don't. It doesn't make sense to just say, "Oh, this guy Anakin came in and killed a lot of kids," and oh, now there's this guy in this suit who's a different height and has a different voice and a different lightsaber. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the same guy. The, the, yeah. the only the thing that came to me was the same thing that how Obi Wan knew that he felt a presence that was familiar. It could have been like Anakin's Force that she recognized it, like saying, "Oh, this is the same Force. This is the same darkness that I felt." But um. I think we can all agree by saying that Reva's addition to this series was, in in some ways, it's good to see an Inquisitor, like focusing the story on an Inquisitor. But I thought the show was going to focus more on Obi Wan, and the, and I think the focus from it episode one, you you, can, you yeah. can tell immediately that it shifts. Well, before you get introduced to Obi Wan, you get introduced to her, and yeah, the Inquisitors. So because uh, they come to Tatooine, right? And then, true, true. Yeah. So that's the first She's scene. The first yeah. scene. Yeah. yeah, I think the problem is is her motivation is very muddled. So in the first half of the season, you find out she's trying to kill Obi-Wan so that she can get closer to Darth Vader. Darth Vader. Yeah. And then in the second half of the season, you find out she wants to kill Obi-Wan to get closer to Darth Vader, so to kill Darth Vader. kill Darth Vader. But there's many times in the first half of the season that she's in the same room as Darth Vader. And it's not like when you get to the end of the season and you see her plan, it's not like there was anything more to it. She just gets close to him and tries to stab him. She could have done that much earlier. Yeah, I think the way she was in the same room as Darth Vader the whole time, and I, th- I thought she wasn't going to attack him because he's Darth Vader. Like she needs a better, plan. she needs a better plan. But yeah. at the end, her plan but, is just that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that was a bit disappointing because in yeah. the end, she literally just goes up to him and tries to stab him. I thought she would have had, especially because she spent her whole life planning for this moment, uh, I thought she would have done something a little bit different. I think she got influenced a little bit by Obi-Wan as well in that that moment yeah. where it's like, I'll bring him to you. And then, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I don't think she was planning any of it after yeah. Obi-Wan kind of flipped the tables in episode five. I think it was or episode four. And then yeah. this the last part of her motivation is completely left field where she gets stabbed and she should have died. But for some reason, she's fine. Yeah. And then she sees a recording that does that even ex- explain that it's. I think she just. Yeah. It she just really. assumes. She just assumes that there's this kid in Tatooine that is related to Darth Vader. So she wants to go kill this kid. But Darth Vader does not know this kid exists at this point. So is she really hurting him by killing this kid? No, like, w- what is your motivation here? Why are you going to kill this kid? True, and e- <laughs> e- even if Darth Vader did know that, oh, one of his kids was on Tatooine, and he really loves this kid, what does killing this kid do? Just create pain? For, like, is that yeah? What What is this motivation? Goal? Yeah, like it's like the, the character development needs to be something that the audience can relate with, even if it's a villain, right? Even if it's a villain, it's like okay, as long as you understand why that well. You don't need to understand, but if they have a reasoning for what they're doing, yeah. but there's no reasoning for what she's doing. She's just doing shit to do shit. <laughs> yeah. And they needed to have a fight scene on Tatooine. <laughs> I, I think that was all unnecessary because uh, mm. at the same time that fight scene was happening, Obi-Wan was fighting Darth Vader, which, which was, was much, much more, more interesting, interesting than what yeah. was happening on Tatooine. She was just chasing young Luke through the desert. Like That was 
not very interesting at all. Yeah. And you knew she was not going to kill Luke because Luke's obviously in the rest of the series, so she's not going to actually do anything to him. So, yeah, it was definitely that last episode was on her side was disappointing. And also the fact that they leave her to die, considering that she did the same thing to the Grand Inquisitor, right? Yeah. Because she kills supposedly kills him, but then he returns. Mm. So he's fine. He's alive. They do the same thing. They stab her. And, and they, they leave her. It's like, yeah, yeah. you're going to die. Someone just ca- literally came back from the same wound. And same wound. And he's still alive. Yeah. So, there, like, there's a, there's wouldn't, a bit you, of- wouldn't you make sure that she's dead? Like, <laughs> it's the thing where in, like, in Phantom Menace, right? Qui Gon gets into his epic duel with Darth Maul. And at the very end, Darth Maul deals a killing blow, which is right through the chest. Mm. And you know it's a killing blow. There's no coming back from it because of the music, the tone, and the, what happens later. Now it's not nearly as dramatic when you know the uh, the Grand Inquisitor gets hit through yeah. the chest, impaled. I, I should say, and then Reva gets impaled in the same manner. Uh, so it it is kind of inconsistent when you show them living again, unless they had some mechanical alterations beforehand. Maybe, yeah, but yeah. we don't know. All we know is that this is set before Rebels, and in the Rebels, Star Wars Rebels, the main villain is the Grand Inquisitor. So you know he's alive. There's not many, there's not many stakes to be held yeah. for the Grand Inquisitor when you see him get killed it's like i know he's not gonna die yeah i mean and even for non-star wars people who didn't know that yeah like when he comes back i'm like oh i thought he got impaled like yeah he's not gonna kill you like why is he he looks fine as well it's not like yeah. he, he didn't it even look injured reduces the stakes i guess so the fact that they just left her and, and also- she wasn't like dead she was still had a lot of life in her mm-hmm. so i was like why yeah. wouldn't you just make sure that they're dead uh, another the thing- same thing happens as well with I guess you could say Obi-Wan didn't want to do it, but in the last fight, Obi-Wan leaves Darth Vader as well, even though he could have killed him. Yeah. Even I think his intention wasn't to, to kill, kill him. But yes. Yeah. No, but no, it's, it's that he he was always... So this is my understanding of that whole scene. We're jumping straight ahead to the finale, right? Yeah. He, in, at the end of Revenge of the Sith, he had to watch his friend die. And then in this series, he has to watch him die all over again because he realized that Anakin... Is actually fully gone. The whole when he realizes from episode two, I think it was when Riva says his name, Anakin Skywalker still alive. You see like this flash of fear in everyone's eyes. Ewan McGregor's acting is amazing in this scene where he's like, "Oh shit, my brother's still alive somewhere," like in that suit. But that moment when they actually face off and Darth Vader is telling Obi Wan, "Anakin Skywalker is dead. I killed yeah. him." That's the moment where like he's truly. Like that, that's it. The last last should, bit of hope is gone. Should that disconnect him from Darth Vader though, and that he sh- this guy is essentially going around and like ruling the planet? He's Hitler, and you have the chance to kill Hitler, but you're like, nah, I'm gonna leave him so that some kid could kill him later. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, actually, yeah. I kill him. No, who kills him? He kills himself later. Yeah. But yeah, essentially, yeah. I, it's like I, yeah. I feel like Obi Wan always thought his mission was to in this series was that. Once he realizes that this Darth character Anakin's still alive, that he has to kill Anakin, he has to do it, right? I think uh, and through it, the that, series, he's trying to turn Anakin. He's trying to turn him back. I think that's his. He's like, oh, I, he's still in there. I can make him. I can make him good again. That, but that, then that, that, at that the end, he realized he realized he can't. I I I never got the feeling that he was trying to still save him, but in Revenge of the Sith, there was that like throughout the duel. He goes through those machinations of, you know, it's not too late. You still, like, he he goes through that. I failed you. Like, I, I failed you. You're, you're, you're gone. You've gone too far. 
And then that's when he realizes when he finally has to cut off his limbs and kill him. He's like, all right, um, there's no saving you. You're too far gone. But he's still left with the trauma. And then in this point, he's like, I felt like he still felt like he needed to end Anakin or or at least confront him and, and deal with him. When he realizes he's no longer there, that's it. He's just like, I don't care. You're, my friend is gone. My brother is gone. You killed my friend. So he actually accepts this third person killed my brother and that's you and I don't have any hatred against you. It's just that my brother was too weak to fight you off. Mm. I don't care anymore. I feel like he still should have killed him though. <laughs> like legitimately, he's meant to be a savior, I guess, of True. some kind. And, and and that like, that if you go back to it, like this guy yeah. is literally ruling the galaxy, killing lots of people. He's evil, pure evil, and you have a chance to kill him, but you're just gonna leave him there, like you yeah. did in Revenge of the Sith as well, where you just left him there, and he's come back, and he's come back more evil. So you're gonna do the same mistake again. <laughs> it, it. I could also, I could almost feel like he pitied Darth Vader in that moment. Because he was basically half breathing, he was barely functional. He helmet was half open. He was like suffocating, and the way he looked at him, it just felt like he was just pitying him. Like you know, <laughs> this is just pathetic. So do what yeah. you want. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Uh, he, obviously, yeah. he has to stay alive because they have the movies afterwards. Because the but, canon, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I thought it was awfully. They're they're hamstrung with what they have afterwards. But it's stupid that he would let him live twice. They should have written in a different way so that he couldn't kill him, or it was like, yeah, some someone comes and saves him or something, and he mm-hmm. has to go because he yeah. does have the opportunity to kill him. There's no, there's no like left or right. He can kill him right there. Yeah, if if there yeah. was no story already made after this, yeah, then I agree that that would have that would have been like the 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 end of that character, the, yeah, this Darth character, because this is the strongest that we see Obi Wan ever exist. Like his fighting prowess and his ability to use the Force, we don't see it. Yeah, we never said that than yeah. what he shows in this series, which is great. I, I guess that's that's what you do when you try and make a TV series in between two established narratives. Yeah, hamstrung by what's on the other side of it. Yeah, yeah. and it's difficult to create stakes, uh, which is why you have to introduce new characters and and try and build that in. So that's you know, I, I I appreciate the challenge the the writers had to deal with here. Maybe we won't follow the episode structure because we've gone right to the end anyway. But let's talk about Hayden Christensen uh, returning. Oh, yeah. So there were, in episode five, they actually did have some um, flashback sequences where they're uh, doing a lightsaber yes. training battle. And there's some interesting conversation in that in that sequence as well. But uh, a lot of people picked up on this, and I picked up on it when I was looking at the sequence again. But they didn't take the opportunity to use this de-aging technology because Hayden Christensen, he he also has aged very well, but he obviously wasn't a 20-year-old in that sequence. He looked he looked his age. Yeah, this currently. is meant to be before Revenge of the Sith, around the time in between it's Attack meant of the to Clones. Be, yeah, yeah. Like after Attack of the Clones. but yeah. Because he's got that little ponytail. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Has he got a mechanical hand? In that sequence, yes, uh, yes, it would Anakin? because it's after it's after Attack of the Clones, Attack of the Clones, okay. but okay. before yeah. Revenge of the Sith. Okay, yeah. So yeah. in that case, yeah, he should have yeah. a mechanical hand. But it, like, yeah, Hayden Christensen coming back. Uh, I feel like almost yeah, they couldn't have hidden it from the main production value and the hyping up of the series. It's amazing to have him come back because, mm. um, like he he was the second half of the great, what made the prequels great, yeah. right? Uh, in terms of like maybe not so much in Attack of the Clones because <laughs> it was his first appearance, but yeah, in Revenge of the Sith, him and Hugh McGregor's dynamic was amazing, and they 
you know, trained a lot. They had a lot of camaraderie as actors. So it was great to see them come back. And the moment you announce something like Hayden Christensen coming back, you know there's going to be some serious cinematic scenes for both of them. There's going to be like opportunities to show flashbacks and previous interactions. I wasn't expecting any flashbacks, but we got a really good one with that with yeah. that uh, Jedi Jedi Temple training session, which was, um, yeah, that was really well done. That episode was a highlight for me. Yeah, and I also liked uh, in the last episode where his helmet is half broken and you hear yes. both his Hayden Christensen's voice and James L. Jones' yeah. voice um, like inter- interspersed. So that that was really good. So it's kind oh, of like gosh, Anakin coming out but then Darth Vader taking over. So that was that was good. That, yeah. that feels like I, I felt like I've been waiting 17 years for the closure that I experienced in that episode because you, anyone who's watched Revenge of the Sith will feel like, Wow, that was a really abrupt snap from going back to the good guy to murdering children. And it's like, where, where is the transition? Darth, you're looking at Hayden Christian, like, you know, march through and wear the suit. It's, it kind of, you don't buy it as much. In this series, yeah, in that moment, the helmets blasted, like ripped off by Obi-Wan's attack. They did such a good job with the visuals, but a more, even more amazing job with the audio mixing. That yes. was really well done. Like, that was- even his dialogue, forget about the actual sound of it, the dialogue that was written for him was really, really, like, heartbreaking because it's like Obi-Wan keeps saying, you know, I failed you, you're my failure. And Yeah, he had a lot of regret, but I think in that moment it was released because he was like, it wasn't you, I killed Yeah, Anakin. like, you actually hear Anakin saying, I'm not your failure. Like, this is my choice. Like, you kind of see him owning his thing and uh, I am what remains that, oh, gosh, the line was so heartbreaking. I was literally tearing up watching that scene because it's like, it's like the audience is saying goodbye to Anakin as well. You kind of see him disappearing and then the moment it's like, you know, you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. And then you see Hayden Christensen putting on that evil face. It's like he's actually owning Darth Vader's character and it's like, yeah, this is amazing. Yeah, And they had yeah. the red light come up as well as as he was getting more like Darth Vader-y. Yes. Which was really, yeah. really cool. Yeah. I love watching all the reactions on YouTube for like all the different like fan channels. You watch that scene and like half of them are like, traumatized crying the other half are like crazy ecstatic this is happening and they're watching it so it's it's really cool to see how the thought process behind this scene was and i feel a lot of it has to do with how star wars rebels handled this scene this exact same thing happens in the finale of season two for rebels with ahsoka with ahsoka yeah and it's the I've first time this. i heard it's very she also breaks his helmet it's the right? other half yeah of yeah. yeah so like, she's fighting dark yeah. vader on like in malachor I, guys watch rebels that that series is that season is amazing because they go to this ancient temple sith temple she fights darth vader she wounds him and then like you see hey um matthew oh, i forgot his name but he's the voice actor for uh, anakin from clone wars matthew modine i think yeah i think so he comes back mm. To and then he they synthesize his voice with James Earl Jones, who actually did the voice of Darth Vader in uh, Rebels, and that was a very kind of unexpected freaky moment that everyone was like, "Oh crap!" Did you see this scene in Rebels? They kind of bring him back. You see Anakin for the first time behind the shield, and that was a really interesting way to approach that. And the, the obviously they referenced that for this scene, yes. But they pulled it off much better. Yeah, this is the cinematic version of that. No, they did it. They did a good job. I think that last sequence was was good. The only small gripe I had with with it was it was a bit dark. Uh, maybe just the, when I watched it, it felt a bit dark. But oh, even, vi- visually dark. Visually, I yes. thought it was too emotionally no, no, dark. No, 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 no. Well, that's that's fine. But yeah, visually, yeah. I thought it was a bit dark. There were some parts you couldn't see very clearly what was happening, especially when he gets buried and like that. That was all 
fine. And then obviously the stuff on Tatooine's also in the dark, so that, that's a little bit hard to see as well. I think they ended it very well. That was probably the best way they could have ended that dynamic between Darth Vader and Obi-Wan in this series. I think they did a good job with that. Yeah. And it was really great to see Ewan McGregor give that real heart-wrenching performance because he already said goodbye to Anakin once. This is him saying goodbye to Anakin again, but for, but the, for yeah. the last time. Like, like he's, he's actually just saying, like, because he didn't get to mourn him in the yeah. Revenge of the It was like the adrenaline of finding on Mustafa, you're kind of pretty hyped up. You're screaming and you're, 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 you just go up. This was like much more subtle and it was like a proper goodbye. I was going to say a problem with it. I think I feel like I'm griping about the problems a bit too much, but say what you're going to say. No, I was just going to say when yeah. you see him in, in New Hope yeah. and he does meet Darth Vader, he doesn't have that connection. It's just like another. I mean, I, they, they do have a conversation, but it's not like they're. Oh, no. He's accepted this way. is another yeah. person. Yeah, this is Darth. Yeah. This is this is mm. not my mate. Yeah. Yeah. And he also calls him Darth, which is not Vader, but Darth. Yeah. He says that yeah. in this, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a good, good callback. Yeah. yeah. What were you going to say? I was just going to say the, the, one of the problems I have with the series, which I mentioned before, was that at the end of Revenge of the Sith and at the end of this, it's quite similar. So he fights Darth Vader. He kind of has his peace with it. And then he goes to Tatooine to train is what happens at the end of Red, Revenge of the Sith. And it's what happens at the end of this as well. And I thought this would be more about him training with Qui-Gon and getting his connection with the Force a little bit better. But that's apparently what they're going to do for the next season. So I thought it was like, okay, they've done Revenge of the Sith. They're going to go in a different path and Darth Vader's going to be in it, but he's not going to be the main antagonist because that's kind of finished. But it's like, no, they're going to do that again, and then they're going to do something else. I felt like it was a repeat story, essentially, of Revenge of the Sith that didn't need to happen. Yeah, I, I see what you, I see yeah. you're coming from, actually. Because when you're, yeah, emotionally, he does. He's obviously a bit of a wreck at the start of this season, and he would be because it's just seen like his brother die, essentially. Oh, and he had to kill him with his own hands. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So, like, going from that to what he is in New Hope. Because in New Hope, he's like a Jedi. He's he he's at the um, top of his powers, essentially, in New Hope. So I think this works as a transition. Like, you, at the start of this season, he also doesn't know, like, he's refusing to use the Force and use lightsaber and stuff, and then he's forced to use it. And then yeah. after that, he slowly, you see his transition to the final episode where he's doing all this crazy stuff. So I think that was good. Mm. But from a story point of view, I get what you're saying. It's the yeah. same story. Yeah. It's, it's, it is, it's, yeah. It's a similar story. I, yeah. The only difference I would hold is that people who left the theaters after Regents of Sith would have felt like, okay, Obi-Wan's character is now resolved. He's now going to be Alec Guinness' character in New Hope. What we don't see is what effect that has on Obi-Wan's character, like him witnessing surveillance footage of watching his Anakin you know, massacre children all the way down to him having to kill this dude who he you know help, help raise. From episode one of this series, of one series, you you kind of see that he's still not sleeping. He's still having nightmares. He's still like seriously affected by the trauma of that fight, of that showdown. And if they they didn't need to do that, they could have just shown him like already experimenting with touching the force in different ways and talking to Qui Gon. And I was actually expecting him to be in a level of like ten years after the event already in discussion with Qui Gon. But the real heartbreaking thing is you see he's actually calling out to Qui-Gon. He's kind of praying and trying to talk to him, but he's he's not getting any answers. And he's probably been doing this for 10 years, no. which makes it all the more devastating. And it's like- 
So I guess he just needed that closure. Well, Qui-Gon says when you said you eventually do see him at at the very end and he says something like, I was there the whole time, but- You uh, weren't ready. You weren't ready. You weren't ready. And it was like, yeah, they did the whole- just play it out to to the end kind of game where it's like oh, he's not going to get to learn the secrets until the very end of this episodic series. But that, guess, that's yeah. that's frustrating to see. I, I would have yeah. loved to like see him actually sit down and talk. Maybe it's grounds for season two. By the way, um, Liam Neeson coming back as Qui Gon that was an amazingly good little yeah. callback. I wasn't. I was hoping for it. I wasn't expecting it though. Yeah. I was like, I'm pretty sure he shot that in his like in his bedroom. house in his cupboard. <laughs> yeah. His, yeah. <laughs> I love it. So you you took long enough, and it's like. Bitch, I've been waiting for you for 10 years. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I just felt like everyone could have been like really. But it was great to see him come back uh, in the same, you know, drobes and costumes. Because you see Yoda mention it at the end of Revenge of Sith saying, you know, I've quite gone spoken to me and I'll teach you how to commune with him. Clone Wars types Which on is him. why you expect that to be at the start of this already. But yeah. yeah. Like it's fine. Like they had to, I guess they had to do this kind of story. Well, they wanted to do this. They yeah. could have gone the other way, but I thought it was retreading some ground. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. It, but I, I do appreciate them showing Obi Wan mm. being absolutely alone for a bit of time, like like mm. isolated from anyone, like a, anything. Is it basically a Star Wars, Star Wars version of a butcher? <laughs> that what he's doing at the start, like he's cutting meat. Or something? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's working yeah. in a yeah. um, in a, in an outdoor yeah, yeah. meat factory, kind of like what Ray was doing. Um, yes, I did get that. Feel. And when he yeah. went back to his hut, Ray was, was scavenging. Yeah. But she she was also oh yeah that's right she was she's scavenging, scavenging. Yeah, yeah and then, they use yeah. the same uh, insta porridge thing where he goes that's back to right. his hut yeah, and he yeah. makes this kind of um, synthetic you, porridge you pour, yeah, yeah it's yeah. like it's the same stuff it's like Maggie noodles yeah <laughs> without the spice Star Wars version yeah <laughs> without the spice yeah yeah it, it's um if you've read the uh, Star Wars comics issue number twenty I think it was it it goes into the solitude that Obi Wan and like how he gets into fights with Owen and that kind of stuff but. Like, if you've read the comics, it's great to see that they've actually decided to go with the whole solitude path of showing him by himself struggling, not being able to talk to anyone for a bit, and then having at least some company later on in the form of Leia and and, and other people to kind of talk about his past. I, I felt like the only change I would make with this dynamic with Anakin was that instead of it being so filled with sadness, that if there was a little bit of hint of like, Anakin, why did you do this? You know, because he, I feel like everyone brings it on himself. Like he's the response; he's one responsible for failing Qui Gon for screwing up the whole prophecy and all that kind of stuff. It'd be great to, for him to just say, you know, Anakin, you're you're smarter than this. Why? That that would have been nice to see a bit more onus on Hayden Christensen. It was it was great to see Hayden Christensen come back. Yeah, like the shit yet. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Deal with right after the prequels came out he got so much shit from the fans and from he was basically well, shunned I, yeah i don't like, think it's it's not his fault the dialogue in the prequels is terrible yeah. uh, and no matter how good of an actor you are if you're working with bad dialogue yeah, george lucas it's is, not gonna yeah so to see him <laughs> finally attend his first comic con yeah like with fans not just cheering like going ape shit at at like Hayden christensen's appearance it's just so wholesome to see that he's finally getting the deserved attention and like he was sitting with Ewan McGregor in like Comic Con, and it was like at the end of this interview that he was having, and it's like this is where the fun begins, and the crowd goes nuts. The crowd <laughs> goes absolutely nuts. So it's like that was at um, Star, Star Wars, Wars Celebration. Celebration, Celebration. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So the other main dynamic, or the basically the main plot of this whole show, is Leia. So Leia gets kidnapped yep. in the f- first episode, and the end of the first episode, right? Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah, 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 in yeah. The first. and there's some comical chase sequences so that that first one was yeah i was like what's going on here because she's a small girl and she's outrunning these bounty hunters yeah the bounty hunters yeah like kidnappers yeah but they do kidnap her and then obviously they send a call out to obi-wan firstly he's reluctant but then he he does it what what makes him do it in the end because he he says no right and then he what makes him uh, i think so uh basically so he, he gets the beacon call from Leia's adoptive father. What's what's his name again? Father. Actor's name. Jimmy Smith's. Jimmy, Jimmy Smith's, Smith's name. Yes. Bail Organa. Bail yeah. Organa. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Bail Organa calls him. And I feel like... Bail Organa calls him and then he comes to Tatooine and then he goes. So initially he refuses. Mm. Yeah. He says, when he calls I, him, I, he's I, like, he, no. Doesn't he? Because there's, there's another Jedi on Tatooine who's getting um, hunted by... The Inquisitors, right? Correct. Yeah, and uh, he gets the Padawan who escaped Order sixty six. Yeah, yeah, he gets murdered, and then Obi Wan could have helped him, but he doesn't. He doesn't, and he sees him. No, nah, but that's not what he got. It's when Jimmy Smith calls him. Yeah, he says no, and then Jimmy Smith comes. Yeah, but ba- comes right down to Tatooine yeah. and says, yeah. "This is Diane, my yeah. daughter's missing. We need to do it." Yeah. And then he reluctantly goes in the uh, hopes that he might be able to find and, and and see where she she is and help her out. Yes, I, but I, I I was not expecting. Either of them to be in this show, like Bale or Leia. Like, I wasn't expecting yeah. anything to be in this show. It was kind of a misdirect because they kind of showed Luke in the trailer. Luke, yeah, yeah. Luke's so basically a- not in this show, to be honest. Yeah, yeah he's more or less. Once again, yeah. they're hamstrung with using Luke because he didn't know the Jedi existed until the New Hope. And he had never seen a lightsaber until the New Hope. True. So every time he's close to seeing any of those things, 
he conveniently like leaves a room or gets knocked out in this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't really know Ben that well. He's like, Ben, that old hermit? Like, it's like a distant memory. Yes. So, you know, he's only met him once or twice in his life. Because Leia does send out a signal to Obi-Wan in in A New Hope. Yeah. yeah, And she's very formal, like as if she hasn't met him before. Yeah. But I think that makes sense because she's like like 10 years old or Mm. something in this. And then that's like. 10 years later because she's like 19. 19 years nine years yeah, it'll be yeah. nine years nine years later yeah, yeah. so if you hadn't met you you spent two days with someone nine years ago and you're speaking to them again nine years later hmm. you're probably gonna be a little bit more formal it's like it's not like your buddies because you haven't talked to this person in correct a very long time. Yeah. yeah i, I felt like they thought about that well and yeah. i think she says something like years ago you helped my father in the clone wars and it's yeah. like true you did do that he also now he technically now he technically helped, helped you helped. as well yeah yeah. Um, so so I kind mean, of, you, you get that when she's asking for, I need your help once again. Yes, and it's yeah. like, okay, you need, he needs to get yeah. the princess. So kind of, it obviously, it's it doesn't retro. fully work, but it works. Yeah. But yeah. it kind of yeah. works. If we're nitpicking, it doesn't work, but it, it works. <laughs> it it's fine. Works. It, yeah. You like, can tell that yeah. she she had more yeah. of a relationship with everyone than yeah. Luke did. That's all yeah. they're establishing at this. It point. doesn't like, yeah. break the universe or anything. It's it fine. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it all works. Yeah, they've, they've at least done their homework well. So, how much? Does the audience buy this? And it turns out kidnapping Leia was a trap. A trap to actually get Obi-Wan, right? Right, so, right. Separate yeah. Reva, yeah. Yeah. And it almost works because he goes there and he um, finds – he doesn't actually find Leia, but he eventually finds her anyway. Yeah. Uh, but at this stage, he's still not using his powers. Like, he's kind of reluctant to use his full force powers or anything. But then in the second episode, when uh, Leia is once again running away from him, She's running away from him actually in this mm. in this particular instance because she this I didn't really understand like she didn't want to go with him she didn't trust him I she think. didn't trust him yeah. or and then, so she starts running away from him but then she starts getting chased by the bounty hunters yeah yeah she she <laughs> like they the way they introduce layers like she's she's very clever she's very very perceptive but she's a little at this stage she's a little bit too smart for her age. She starts suspecting her her friends as well. So she suspects that Obi Wan's actually the like someone who's just trying to kidnap her, like paid by some other bounty hunter. Like you yeah. know, she she doesn't feel Obi Wan's legit, which yeah. is kind of Obi Wan's fault because he's kind of scraggly. He's got a cloak on, yeah. and, and his father says he's a Jedi. He's, he's, I think he, I think his father introduced him as a Jedi. I don't I don't know if he does, but it's like who. What are you doing? You're just running around fumbling. Like yeah. are you actually someone to help me? Are you trying to get me? Back to the person who's trying to kidnap you. And he's like, oh, from now on, uh, I'll refer to you as my daughter and you'll be my granddaughter. Uh, you'll be my daughter. And she's oh, like, more she's like, like granddaughter. Granddaughter, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest, I love those little like, witty lines because it's like, yeah, she's a bit snarky. <laughs> That's yeah. the character. Uh, but yeah, that whole, it was fine, I guess, because it does force him to use the, the force eventually because he's falling off and he, he has to save her and he uses the force. And, yeah, to reach out. To, oh, to uh, literally save her from falling. Falling, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she realized that he is a Jedi. And it's like, oh, okay, uh, fair enough. And this is where they also introduce Kamal Nanjiani's character, who's pretending to be a Jedi. Very useless character. Doesn't do much. He um, yeah. he tells them to go to this place. That's his role in this. He tells whole- them to go to the place, but then he also turns up later. Later, just magically. Yeah. 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 Um, and he's um, also given like a whole lot of responsibility because he yeah. gives them that beacon, doesn't he? And the re- the reason Reva finds it is because he drops it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's why, true. Yeah. Why do you get Kumail Nanjiani for this role? Is the question. Kumail Nanjiani is gonna... a pretty big actor now. It's the comedic relief, I think. He's not so, even that funny. <laughs> 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 He's, uh, He's, this, yeah, yeah, I think it was an attempt to try and make it 
like if, but if it's you're going to make the series lighthearted, you yeah. have to introduce a random character. Uh, I think if you're going to do that, though, have him be with them the whole time then? Yeah, I thought yeah. he would be with them the whole time, but he is But have him for one episode and then, like, they do that a bit of Mandalorian, but I feel like they haven't got this big of an actor ever and just kind of maybe yeah. he's going to be in other, other things like maybe could be yeah could be. Uh, one yeah. thing that was kind of interesting is that it's the first time you see someone parodying a jedi in the actual star wars series and it's like you kind of see what has become of the jedi order from like this like the golden age of the jedi temple to this like people mocking or kind of just parodying them to make money like what what happens with sages nowadays like people pretend to be sages and get just get money making for whole, like palm reading shit and it's just yeah. like it's appropriation. It's absolutely denigrated the meaning of Jedi. And you see everyone interacting with him. And it's like, oh, really? Is that what you do? You're, you're swindling people's money to, to give them false hope when you're just smuggling them off planet. He, he, it's, it's, it's cool to see how like Obi-Wan's looking at like, oh, what the hell has this become? <laughs> is this what the word of Jedi has become? And, it's like, oh. mm. and also, shout out to in that episode, um, Timura Morrison who reprises the role of a, of, a, of a clone to show like an old veteran clone trooper. Just lying on the street asking for like change in his helmet, and it's just like, oh, that that's an amazing callback. Underutilized talent for Tamara Morrison, but it just was like <laughs> yeah. a nice little connection to the whole universe. I probably- feel like that's a better cameo, like it makes sense in the universe than what they did with Kumail Nanjiani. Like yeah, you yeah, get yeah, a big yeah. actor Absolutely. and you put him there, but it makes sense in the universe. It's like, oh yeah, that's a cool cameo. Yeah. And it was five oh first as well from his armor, so it was like one of the troops that marched the, the Jedi Temple to kill. All the younglings, so it's just like he was probably <sighs> filming Book of Boba in the another volume or something. Yeah, just, like, just come come over here and do this little cameo. Oh first. yeah, they were probably filming it around. The <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, it was good to see. It was nice. Yeah, so that basically takes us to the end of episode two because they go to they get directions from Kamal Nanjiani's character to go to this other planet. It's interesting that you say Leia doesn't trust. Well, she's she's in that phase where she's you know she's a bit too smart. Yeah, but she does trust Kamal Nanjiani because she's like. Oh, they, he told us to come here. And then Obi-Wan says, um, not everyone is good, Leia, which was interesting because Obi-Wan's generally a more positive person than, than he appears to be in, so far anyway in this, yeah. in this series. But then obviously he evolves as, as time goes on and he sees a lot of, uh, there's a good dialogue where he says he sees both, um, her father and her mother in her. Yeah. Yeah. Is uh, this when they're on that planet? They're I think they're on the, uh, Freck, who's the, the character that they meet there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're they're yeah. on this mining planet where the yeah. Empire's mining Viltrium or something. Yeah, and they're, on, like his, rural they're on his homestead. truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they have this that one. conversation, yeah. Because she asks him, oh, are you my father? And he's like, no, um, I wish I was, but no. Uh, but I did know your parents. That's actually, that, that character's played by a known actor. Zach Braff. That's right. Yes. Yeah. 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 Because yeah, they, they had him on the, uh, when you go into Disney Plus, when that episode came out, they had him as the banner. Yep. Um, so I showed it to my wife. I'm like, hey, look, look, look at that character. Should we watch the episode? And she actually started watching this series from that episode. Oh, really? Like, yeah, let's just see what this guy is up to. It looks interesting. <laughs> and it's like, I thought Zach Braff would be there. She's like, under the- <laughs> it's, it's, he's, like he's, he's under really thick costume. He's got tentacles and everything. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, practical effect as practical well, which looks look good. But he betrays them because he... He's, oh, yeah. a, he's, a, he's yeah. a sympathizer to the Imperials. Yeah. yeah. yeah There's yeah. also this really stupid part then when they're at a gate and they have to get through the gate. But the gate is like this room. It's from one side of the room to the other. And that's the only part of the gate. And on either side, just open fields. <laughs> yeah. And then to get through the gate, they shoot the thing to open it. You can just walk around it if you really wanted to. Yeah. You probably could. You probably yeah. Could. 
And it's one of those like road. It's one of those things where it's just blocking the road. So if you had a vehicle and you know you wanted to go, but they around, don't take the vehicle; they just walk through <laughs> they just it. Walk around. Yeah. Well, there's a double bluff there because they're like they get caught, and uh, and then there's someone else that comes, and then yeah. like someone else comes, but yeah. then they're about to get caught again. But then, um, but then she shoots. She them. shoots yeah. them because yeah. there's yeah. So it was like a. Twist within a twist. Uh, yeah. all in, all oh, we're talking about Indira, Indira, Indira Rama's Rama's character. Yeah, As the officer, the Imperial yeah. officer who's a double agent. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. first they, they seemingly get away because Obi-Wan kills the, the stormtroopers and they, they blast open that door and they walk through. But then a tank comes in and then a whole bunch of other stormtroopers come out. Yeah, yeah. That's like, very oh, Star Wars though. Yeah, That's look, like a Star get, Wars moment. Yeah, yeah. caught again. And yeah. then uh, another twist is yeah. Indira Rama is behind them and she, she yeah. shoots them. That's, yeah, That's yeah. like <laughs> vintage Star Wars. You, you, that, that kind of stuff always happens. So, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, and it's like you you know they've done their homework when it's like the whole the empire is basically based around the whole Nazi regime and the, their whole thing was yeah there's going to be overwhelming forces over over monitored and no matter you can't escape so it's, it got that feel down it was nice yeah very touching scene at the on on the raft where he's that like, was good yeah they're, they're, yeah. and it's like the you know the whole the whole trope of the the nosy soldiers always inquiring yes. and like the moment you, your story doesn't line up it's like. But you said you were from this planet. Yeah. And it's just like, this feels well, just he makes, like. He makes what should have been a pretty fatal error where he calls her Leia. They should have probably known it by then, but he's like, oh, I sometimes, I, I still miss my, uh, her mother who, whose name was Leia and yeah, he yeah. kind of covers it up. But then, uh, <laughs> they should have probably figured it out then. Should have figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it'd be funny if it's just like, well, yeah, it's a very complex situation. There's many layers to this so <laughs> to that, instead of thinking about it. Like, yeah. <laughs> Well, she's actually better in that situation than him because she she kind of talks them out of it. Cause yeah, she, yeah, that's where she kind yeah. of shines. Um, Good tension building, but yeah, it's just like, <laughs> come on, everyone, you're better than this. <laughs> Don't let that slip. But yeah, when he, when he thinks about Padme and Anakin, and like he's he's kind of hinting at the fact that he's looking at their pro- progeny for the first time, actually thinking about, oh crap, this is Padme's daughter. She was a smartass. She's a smartass. And like, uh, this is Anakin's daughter. He's a hothead. She's a hothead. <laughs> it's like yeah. the best of both worlds and the worst of both worlds in one. And then what happens at the end of that episode? They, um, they end up getting on another ship to go somewhere else, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's <laughs> the first three episodes are basically just them getting on ships at the end yes. to go to other places. Yes. And then they end up with O'Shea Jackson Jr. Well, at the end of the third episode, he does have a confrontation with Darth Vader in the third episode. Yeah. Uh, where he gets burnt and then somehow escapes as well. Yeah. Is so, it on the same planet? Yes, on the same I planet. The name it's planet. on the yeah. same Druva, planet. I think then, it was. I think so. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it was on the same planet because um, on that same planet, there was also this underground- The path. Yeah. The path, so it's yeah. the smuggling yeah. network that they yeah. use to get younglings out- yeah, uh, but it's also four sensitive families. Where yeah. Jedi, because there was some inscriptions on the wall, right? Yeah, so there yeah. was a particular room where you could see uh, all these um, etchings done by people who've walked in this network, and uh, it's called the Path. It's a reference to a smuggling route in one of the Legends comics, I believe, or the comics that are made the the uh, High Republic comics. They use it in this one as like a network of trade routes that are used by regular scrap metal trade people but are hitched on by these smugglers to kind of get forced sensitive children out and everyone you can see that a lot of people have passed through this particular room they've etched their names or they've written messages and it's all in Orobesh, so we can't understand it but obi-wan notices like one notable jedi like quinlan Voss was here and if you've watched like uh, any of the clone war series he's one of these jedi who's like a bit more rowdy he's like a well people thought jedi. that like, o'shea jackson jr was going to be quinlan Voss. Yeah, because he hyped up his role in like saying, "Oh, yeah. I'm going to be a 
cool character. You guys will be blown away. But he's nuts. He was, he, was, <laughs> yeah. he was a new character made in the show. So it's yeah. like, yeah, it was still good. It was really good. I, I loved how yeah, O'Shea Jackson's character where he was like, he called Obi-Wan like general and it kind of just that threw me off. It was just like, oh shit. Yeah, this guy was a general in, in an army. He was like leading whole platoons into war. And this is what he's doing now. He's running away from the same kind of army. A, a bit of a recluse now. So it was really cool to see that moment where he was referring to Obi-Wan as a military general because he still remembers him as a as a figurehead in, in the Jedi. So he must have seen him. He must yeah. have encountered him or at least uh, seen him and Anakin at one point. At the end of the third episode, so Darth Vader and Obi-Wan have a conversation. Obi-Wan is getting absolutely destroyed. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. This is the first time they meet again. After yeah. The, yeah. And obviously Obi-Wan's like way, he's nowhere near his peak, right? So And Darth Vader's almost at his peak. Yeah. Uh, so he, the, it's a complete mismatch in terms of uh, powers. This was one part where I was like, so he's getting burnt. But he somehow still escapes and Darth Vader lets him escape. It feels like he just lets him escape because he could have stopped him. There was just a bit of fire in between them. Yeah, there was a wall of fire. And I feel like for a dude who's like burnt half his body, I think he might have like a slight fear of fire. Like in that sense of like. Saying that again, it's the same thing as that gate before. The fire is as big as this room and on either side there's free space. It's just. Well, he just could have, open space. He so. could have just used the force to like grab him anyway, right? Like he didn't even need to cross the fire. Yeah, yeah. part of me thinks he, he didn't want to kill him. He wanted to make him suffer. Yeah. Like burn yeah. him. Like he even says that. He's like, uh, I'll do to you what you did to me. I'll leave you the way you left me or something like that. There's a lot of resentment in Darth Vader's voice. You can hear that. It felt it felt convenient that he could get out of that situation the way he got out of it. Yeah. But he had to get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the third episode in there. Yeah. I mean, the plot yeah. armor is... Basically, making him—he's not. Gonna, no one's going to die here. We know that. Yeah, yeah. So, my my thought was, what's going to happen here? Because Darth Vader is toying with Obi Wan. Obi Wan has not held up his lightsaber in many years. Yeah. So he's just doing like they're all both single-handedly using their lightsabers with one hand, and it's just you can tell Obi Wan's form is not there. He's very very flimsy, literally just surviving, like just parrying. He's not doing any attack moves, and they don't they don't duel as much as they just kind of try and attack each other. Doesn't go that well. Finally, they they go away. Obi Wan's really badly hurt. They chuck him in the back to tank. But then yeah. Darth Vader also. I think the next episode you see them both in a back to tank. Actually, that uh, is true. Yeah. Uh, call back to the end of episode two when Reva says Anakin Skywalker's name, and Obi Wan's just kind of left reeling, and he says the word Anakin, and like Darth Vader's like opens his eyes in the back to tank, like half a half yeah. half a star system away or something. That was cool. Yes, that yes. was a cool moment. And this kind of brings you all back to that they kind of show a lot of they try and show a lot of what darth vader's feeling or anakin's feeling without showing his emotion too much yeah. which is a really really interesting way that they kind of you sure he, he's still very angry he's still very resentful and he's like he's got a lot of hatred towards his old master and you you kind of get the feeling that uh, anakin still hasn't fully channeled his dark side yet like as in to make him powerful through the dark side the way we see darth vader in rogue one for example like that that happens pretty much five years after, the, uh, nine years after the events of Obi Wan Kenobi. So you could say that that's his fully realized state of like you know, he's he's embraced this this darkness. If you're a, if you're a dark force user, but in here he's, he's still kind of figuring it out. Like he's yeah. still got issues with his old master, and he just wants to get him back, and he's still trying to burn him and shit. So and Palpatine is in the last episode, right? Where he's there's a very short yeah he does uh, make a dialogue where he says something something about like how he hasn't let go or something like that. Um, to, to Darth Vader and maybe yeah. that, that was it's essentially yeah. just saying don't chase after Obi-Wan anymore yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah. like he almost calls him out like saying you're, you're pretty 
obsessed about your old master. Are you sure you're okay? Mm. Like he says it in that kind of yeah. toying voice. Like yeah. you're thinking about him that much. Like you, you still attached to him? Like what's wrong? Like you, you wouldn't be attached to someone unless you had feelings for them or you, you had a connection. And it's like, it's been like 10 years, you're still attached to it. So he kind of calls him out mm. and then immediately you see Darth Vader like leaning back and going, no, I am, I'm over him. Like I'm completely over him. I don't care. And like I remember reading someone's analysis of that and it's like Darth Sidious, the whole Sith movement of like the rule of two, even if you hate your like someone, you're showing emotion towards them. You're focusing your emotion towards them. So Sidious is such a purist in the Sith ways. He's like, he doesn't even accept his disciples thinking about their old masters. Rule of two means you focus your hatred on me. So Sidious is actually like, if you don't want to hate someone, hate me. That was the whole essence of the whole relationship. Like it was really messed up. Like I don't want you focusing your dark energy towards someone else. Focus towards me and get stronger. Yeah. Don't focus it towards your master. And that's if you if you've read any of the Sith novels and get into that geeky like thought process of the light, dark side of the force, it was really interesting to see like that's the angle that Darth Vader is being pushed towards. So that eventually leads to him killing Darth Sidious towards at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Yes. Which is how it should have remained. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. But um, that's that's a cool uh, setup for that for that relationship dynamic. The only thing that happens that we've missed out on is that Reva does capture Leia uh, at the end of Episode Three as yes, well. Yes, she does. Um, so I thought Leia was not going to be in this whole whole season. Actually, I thought she was going to be part of it, but not the whole thing. But yeah. she's actually part of the whole season. Uh, so she gets captured by Reva, and she basically starts. Torturing her uh, almost in the in the next episode. Yeah, uh, I mean, the, is there like there's a moment where she tries to sit down on a table and reason with her like she's a friend, just talk like you know. I think she tries to at the she start, but Leia's just like, nah. She tries to use the force on her, yeah. but then obviously Leia has some force use as well. So, yeah. oh, she um, tries to break her mind and yeah, yeah. yeah mind, mind read, mind read, yeah, mind read, yeah, 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 it doesn't yeah. work. And then once she realizes that she can't force her way to to have Leia tell her where Obi Wan is, she just like. Let's her go, doesn't she? Or she 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 asks for Lola, she plays around with the droids. Like, oh, I mm. had a droid once. Like she starts channeling her own kind of yeah, childhood, and she hacks it right. Yeah. She, she places a tracker or something. Yeah, yeah. the restraining bolt. Yeah, yeah. To, to do that. And then she she doesn't let her go as much as I think. She, doesn't she put her in the the chair in Inquisitorius? Yeah, the Inquisitorius. Yeah, yeah, she puts her in a chair. Like which is. But then Obi Wan yeah. comes right, and this is where they have that sequence where it's it's like underwater or something. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, they actually have to infiltrate Fortress Inquisitorius on the. Um, is a, which is a, in, in, on a moon uh, of, in orbit around Nur, which is like, sorry, the moon, his name is Nur, and it's in orbit around uh, Mustafa, the planet where Darth Vader's fortress is. So it's, if you've played the Fallen Order games, uh, I'd highly recommend playing that game. It's set five years after the events of Obi-Wan. So it's really pretty cool. But, sorry, five years prior to the events of Obi-Wan, because you're dealing with Cal Kestis. They actually go to Fortress Inquisitorius, they, where the Inquisitors are made. It's really dark. It's really fucking dark. Like when they capture Padawans who've like evaded Order 66, they essentially torture them into becoming Dark Force users and they make them Inquisitors. And it's just like they're, they're basically made to hunt down their own kind afterwards. So those chairs and that whole setup is like it's it's underwater because it's meant to completely isolate them from any connection, any positive connection. So it's it's pretty dark. So when you see Leia in that chair, I was like, crap, I've seen other people in this chair. Like you see him in Fallen Order, like you see Trilla Sudari and... Cal Kestis' mentor uh, eventually, and it's just like, this is not going to end well. <laughs> so Obi-Wan has to infiltrate this fortress underwater with the help of uh, Indira Varma's character, which is a really cool scene when she, like, is an officer walking through the fortress and she 
doesn't get the scan through, but she pulls rank and she completely yeah, like, yeah, dresses down this officer, like saying, w- w- which, which, which regiment are you from? You don't even know how to address a superior officer and that kind of shit. Like, I like that. That felt like it was straight out of The Great Escape when they were trying to escape the Nazi prison camp. Someone dresses up in the uniform and tries to speak in German and get around it. Well, they, they managed to get out and um, Obi-Wan does start actually using some of the his powers as well because he breaks the... Well, the window's already sort of broken, but he, he uses the force yeah, to yeah, yeah. to move the water towards uh, towards stormtroopers. So that was that was pretty good. That was interesting. Um, and th- even before that scene, he passes to get to the central room. He passes this um, stasis chamber cell unit where there is many many prisoners who are stored in stasis, like you presume dead, but they're kind of frozen. Yeah, yeah. And oh, it's yeah, I do really this. interesting. Yeah. You see, like, um, see a Padawan in there. Yeah, like yeah. from the Purge. You see, like, random other characters. Someone said they, they thought that they saw a, a witch of Dathomir, like, with a big headdress. And then there was also one of the old um, old Jedi Masters from the Clone Wars. Um, I forgot his name, but he was he was one of the oldest. He had, like, a cane. He was that dude with the big, like, uh, almost, like, dreadlock-like looks, but it was alien. He, he makes an appearance. He's in, um, he's in the Foundling episode of, of the Clone Wars where he's teaching younglings. But he's in stasis, so it's like, oh, crap, okay, they have all these people. Because um, yeah. that was interlaced with Leia getting interrogated by Reva. Yeah. So it was like, uh, it's interesting, but I think you should probably try to get to Leia. Um, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. just kind of, he's frozen in there. It, yeah. it, I, I'm trying to remember when they first used it. That was introduced, the stasis thing was done in Rebels, and it was done to draw the the Jedi into a location because it's like they receive a transmission from this Jedi saying, oh, we've escaped the purge, we're, we're trying to find you. And what they what the Empire did was they used these stasis chambers to actually act like beacons for the Force, but these people are already kind of technically dying or dead. So they they they're, all the the whole purpose of that thing was to, just to create a messy signal for Jedi who are surviving to try and seek out their own kind. So yeah, he would have just been blasted by this like dead Force signals everywhere, <laughs> and he's just like this is like a cemetery. This is horrible, and it's like Leia's still alive. Yeah, go get Leia while she's still there. So they um, do escape, and. I- it's at the end of this episode where there was another thing that I thought was a little bit convenient where Darth Vader, was it at the end of this episode where they get they all get on a ship? That's at the end of the fifth episode. Fifth episode, yeah. They yeah. all get on a ship to leave and there's two ships, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's uh, two yeah. ships. So Darth Vader like gets control of one of the ships and he like brings it down. Yep. And the other one just flies away. And yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. He just watches it. He's just like, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That, that 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 was the when they were escaping the um the the hideout. Yes, the hideout. Right? And they had yeah. to open up the shield thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was Yeah, to me it's like why not just pull that ship as well? And then you kind of realize he's he's using a lot of his force just to kind of tear the ship apart in the beginning. He just he does like crazy almost like video game level force level moves. Yeah, yeah. Just pull this door out, smash this thing out. It takes off and he he's using a lot of it and I feel like he, he could have drained him a little bit. Even though, even though he's a really strong force user. Yeah. He does kill Reva straight after that, though. Like, yes. he fights Reva. Oh, yeah. I, and he just toys yeah. with her lightsaber. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, yeah. it can't be that weak, I guess. Yeah. Oh, but I don't know. I guess they have to do things for the plot. That, that, this is the problem I have with the show sometimes. They have to do things for the plot because it would make sense. Yeah. But sometimes it's like, why couldn't you just written that differently so it would have made more sense? <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, that's true. I mean, in all credit, he 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 tears down that one decoy ship, walks into it, looks around, and through the windows he sees another one takes off. So maybe yeah. he just didn't even notice. It was just like, oh shit, that's gone. <laughs> okay, and yeah. Just like, and it was in was episode played. four where Lola is um, 
uh, hacked and essentially preventing them from closing the doors or or yes, actually, this was the episode. Doors, yeah, episode four yeah. was the one that I really liked because what happens is the whole situation is siege. Yes, yeah, and it's like Obi Wan is actually thinking back to how Anakin plays militarily, and that's where you see the flashback of them training, and it's like no, Anakin wouldn't, and Anakin will not show any mercy. He goes for the full aggressive, and it flashes back to their duel, and it's like he's just Anakin's full on the offensive, trying to get Obi Wan down, and the so he's thinking, okay, we shouldn't stay here. We should find an escape route. We need another way to get out because he's going to go full attack right down to his detriment. And I love that strategic play-by-play because it shows... And even Obi-Wan... It could even go to Darth Vader's point of view and it's like Obi-Wan will put up a defense and he will care about... He'll he'll care about protecting the aggressor as well. Yes. So he's not going to make an offensive move and this goes back to the training where... Yeah, because in the training... Well, they're both kind of figuring out each other's weaknesses because Obi-Wan's like, you're... Your pursuit to prove yourself yep. is is your weakness, yeah. um, and you'll remain a Padawan as long as you try keep doing that. And then Anakin says something like something around like giving mercy is is too merciful. Obi Wan is too merciful, and he's he's always That's true. Yeah, like mercy will not lead to victory, my lord. And it's like yeah. you never see that line in Revenge of the Sith. They put that line in because of the Clone Wars, because the whole Clone Wars is showing Anakin as a str- war strategist, not showing mercy, charging into situation completely obliterating the enemy force using like brute force no matter what damage that causes and that that's exactly what anakin is he yeah. just flies into it head on puts a thermal detonator charge in some tank and just blows that shit up and then comes out with the hostage <laughs> it's like you could have killed the hostage well he's left <laughs> just like that's him and he just shows how reckless he is yeah. to the point where he's like yeah he's saying your your, your need to prove yourself is going to be your, your downfall and that's exactly what happens like in, in still to this point. So it's kind of showing after all these years, Anakin still hasn't learnt his weakness, mm. which is that he's just obsessed with with winning and finding and destroying that you can that can be taken advantage of. So the, the decoy works perfectly. And then yeah, and then it's the climate the final episode, so which we've already talked about. Did we miss anything overall? Uh, yeah, at there's the, a lot of at the end of that at the end of the final episode, so there is uh after all the the uh the action ends. There is this couple of sequences. One with Leia, where Obi Wan goes back and he gives her the the holster. Yeah, yeah. on Alderaan, right? On Alderaan, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And um, there's no weapon in it, and she's like, "Oh, there's no weapon in it." And it's like, "Well, you're ten years old. Uh, you shouldn't be playing with weapons, <laughs> yeah. but you're not always going to be ten years old." So that's keep, true. It yeah. kind of lays this the foundation mm-hmm. of her, like her rebellion. In her own self, and uh, and then he goes and says hi, hello there to to Luke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. That's it, it's nice to see Owen because he's obviously an asshole to everyone the whole show. He's like, you don't need the boy. Like, oh, that scene in Episode One. Uh, Obi Wan's like, you know, when when Luke comes of age, he needs to be trained. You know, it's it's part of path of any Jedi, and it's like the way you trained his father. Yeah, and it's like, oh shit, that was massive. That was burn. <laughs> That, you, that that was uncalled for, but it was like that's straight out of the um, Star Wars comics as well. Yeah, the series where it's just like Owen is constantly fighting with Obi Wan, saying, "You know, you you don't, we don't need you. We'll be fine. Look what you did to Anakin." And then the finally, Owen says, "Yeah, you can. Why don't you, yeah. you want to say hi to this kid? <laughs> it's like he saved his life. You want to say hi to him?" Like, yeah, that yeah. that whole um, like you were saying, Theron, with that that whole end sequence chase where Reva's going after Luke was just completely not needed. Because it's yeah. like, it doesn't even show why she would want to. Do, like, she's trying to get revenge on Darth Vader after she gets stabbed by Darth Vader. 
he dies again, technically. Now, her first move is to go after his children. A, I don't think he cares. B, I don't think he knows. And C, where did you get this newfounded need to kill a kid? Yeah. Like, she needs to have a motivation beyond just needing to cause pain. Like, because it doesn't make enough sense to say, oh, you destroyed my childhood, so I'm going to destroy your literal child. Yeah. Like, yeah, it doesn't make... It wouldn't have made more sense if she... And the whole reason she was against him was because he killed her friends who were children, right? Yeah. Why is she now willing to kill a child? It's kind of like against the like whole reason why she started this lifelong yeah. pursuit to get, get I f- Darth Vader. I feel like the, the, the writers were trying to send a message of how trauma begets trauma. People who harm or once harm themselves. But they kind of missed the whole message. It's like her, her hatred was with Darth Vader for being the person who killed her friends and basically almost killed and tortured her. And Obi-Wan for not preventing that from happening. I get that. I get her hatred towards Obi-Wan. For like, where, where the hell were you? Mm. I get that. Absolutely get that. Do not get how she would want to treat. I, I would would have expected her to have a soft spot for kids, right? To the point where she's like actually saying, you know what? Lead layers on me. I'll take care of it. She does that kind of. You kind of see her coming through. And the only thing I would have done differently with Reva is that as a Padawan who was tortured to becoming, you know, Inquisitor, still have that vulnerability of fearing the dark side. She doesn't fear the dark side. She she kind of embraces it too quickly, in my opinion. And she also commits numerous atrocities. Like she she kills a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To get yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. Like if you want to see an Inquisitor done amazingly well, play the Fallen Order game series. The main Inquisitor, I think the ninth sister, Trilla Sudari, like you, you see her progression as a padawan or you see her as an inquisitor first and then you meet her mentor her her teacher her master and she's like saying oh she was my ace student she was caught she was tortured and she was became this monster at the end of the game like i can just say when when she finally gets defeated by the protagonist you're playing she kind of has this moment of clarity where it's like the dark side of the force is more terrible than you think yeah and as she's saying it she's starting to feel this chill and Darth Vader is just like slowly walking through the mist and appears behind her. That's when you see the terror in her face. And that's when I know, like, okay, that is a really well done Inquisitive arc. Because she's she's still afraid. They didn't show fear in her in Reva's face, which is like a, a it's I, I'm not gonna criticize the acting, but I'm gonna say the, the character writing could have been a little bit more organic for her progression. Yeah, I don't think it was on her acting at all. I think it's just the writing was a bit weak behind mm. her character. Yeah, yeah. Like the, oh, the the actor didn't deserve any of that hatred she got from the, like it was really weird seeing Disney put out messages saying, you know, we we stand against abuse and like saying, "Oh, she doesn't deserve any of that." That's an actor. It's the same reason why Hayden Christensen got all that shit. Mm. For like they don't deserve any of this shit. It's the writing and the quality of stuff that they get. They should be focused on making sure that they can make it more uh the audience can buy it better. Fortunately, Star Wars fans can be quite uh yeah. Yeah, oh, not yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. They This is also divided the fans a little bit, this show. like I don't think everyone loves it. So it's really hard to satisfy these these Star Wars fans because I, I think this show is it's not bad. I think it's good. It's, it's There's nothing wrong about it. It's it's just not amazing, but yeah. it's good. Uh, so I think as if you are a Star Wars fan, I think you'll find things that you like about it. Yeah. I think the problem with Star Wars, I think every property, like Marvel properties as well, like there's stuff that people don't like, 
problem with Star Wars fans is that they, after they don't like something, they get onto the internet and yeah. abuse people about it. It's hard to hard to keep them satisfied. Yeah, yeah. it's. They're very it, vocal. Like every fandom has some toxic elements. Unfortunately, like I've been in Star Wars fan long enough to see a lot of the toxic shit, like throughout the years. Yeah. Like, and and here's the thing, right? OG Star Wars fans who loved the original movies hated the prequels. The prequels. But then when the sequels came out, right? The the, the Disney sequels, they were like, "This is trash." The prequels are actually good now. Yeah. <laughs> they go yeah. back and watch the prequels and now that they've been memed to, to, to tell them well, back, it's like, you yeah, know, prequels are pretty good. But I think then, it just depends so like, what you grew up with. And then the, a new trilogy will come out and they'll be yeah. like, this is shit. I like the I like sequels. The sequel. yeah, yeah. yeah. So the people who grew up with the sequels, they will probably appreciate them when there's a new trilogy. Sometime in the future, they'll be like, oh, the sequels are so much better than this. Yeah. 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 We grew up with the prequels. Yes. We didn't particularly like them when they came out, but yeah. I can see... You know, that at least they had one arc. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was written from beginning yeah. to end by one writer, by one director. Yeah. So, like, I appreciate that same element of the yeah. Skywalker saga, right? And then you have rabid Clone Wars fans who, like, uh, who are obsessed with the animation series, grew up watching the Clone Wars as a kids on Cartoon Network, relive it through Netflix when it got re-released, and then yeah. Rebels fans. And, like, I feel like the, we, there's no one Star Wars property right now that everyone loves unanimously. Closest, Maybe the Mandalorian. The Mandalorians come the closest because yeah. they've done a lot of focus group work to see how to get everyone, like OG fans, new fans, Clone Wars fans, Rebels fans, all in one hat, and that's the Mandalorian. That's why I recommend that to everyone. Like if you if you hated what what they did to Star Wars, watch this. It goes back to the old techniques, cinematic techniques, old props. They don't use as much CGI. The volume is really, really revolutionary. You know, no more blue screen stuff. With Obi-Wan, I would say... Yeah, it's divided the fans again because they they didn't expect the story to so heavily revolve around someone who was was not Obi Wan. Yeah, um, like even I, I know people who don't like that Leia was introduced and that half the story focuses on Leia. But it's important not to if they just focused on Umagoda's character and they just had like one episode of him in silence in the desert meditating, another episode where he's grieving, another episode where he fights Darth Vader, another episode. If it was just him, yeah, yeah, it would have been what we expected. That's the problem. And then when if it's exactly as you expect it, you're going to be disappointed. You're like, oh, they could have introduced the, someone there'll else. There'll be other fans yeah. that won't, wouldn't have liked that. So you, it's, yeah. it's hard to satisfy. Hard everyone. to please everyone. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's true. We, yeah. we, as, like, as a Star Wars fan, I hope we can be a bit better as a, as a, as a whole and make sure we embrace everything. Yeah. And not, not every decision is made to anger fans. A lot of decision is made to actually introduce new elements and explore new storytelling avenues, which is great. I think, I think most fans, the problem with Star Wars is they have, because there's so much lore, they focus on the lore and they want it to be part of the lore. Yeah. I think just forget about all that. Just watch a show to on its merit and see how good this show is within itself Yeah, rather yeah. than focusing on, yeah, like all the Legends materials that you grew up on. It's like, oh, this is different to what my Legends material was when I was young, and this is shit. It's like, don't, don't, uh, <laughs> you don't need to, uh, you don't need to go that far. You could like that stuff still, yeah, yeah. and but watch the show for what it is on, on its merit, essentially, oh, absolutely, yeah. And like, yeah. I, I always tell people the, the living example of going against the grain and just doing something completely new in the Star Wars universe, like random new shit that's never been done before. That's what Dave Filoni did with Star Wars. Rebels with Clone Wars as well, but with Rebels, he really went left field. He just 
created brand new characters, brand new story elements, brought in some of the good callbacks. He, he brought a lot of the legacy stuff from like Timothy Zahn novels back in the, you know, the 90s that were written to extend the original trilogy but were completely made obsolete when Disney took over. He's bringing that stuff back. And he brought a lot of the original novelizations in EU back. And the fans actually now really love Rebels. There's, there's few people who I know actually watch Rebels and think, oh, this is shit. When you get into it, it's like, oh, crap, there's actually a lot of lot of story exposition here. So trying new things and expanding on new ideas is 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 a good thing eventually. It, it will help expand what's already there. I guess. Yeah, well, looking forward to other shows that are coming out. So there's no movies, actually. There is a Taika Waititi movie, but, but that's probably going to be cancelled now that yeah. <laughs> Thor Love and Thunder came out. Oh, really? Is he, oh, is he being, well, he hasn't well, even started the script, right? No. I think they asked him and he's like, oh, I haven't started. Disney has a huge, uh, huge history of cancelling Star Wars directors after they do one bad movie. So, <laughs> well, Thor, I yeah. thought Love and Thunder wasn't that bad. It, it just didn't live up to Ragnarok, I thought. Yeah, they they might Tucker might be the exception, but Wonder Woman ninety eighty four came out. They cancelled Patty Jenkins' movie. What's like Colin Trevorrow did some movie, and then they cancelled his. Oh, Colin Trevorrow, yeah. man, I would have yeah. given anything to see his version yeah. of episode nine. They cancelled his episode nine. D and D from Game of Thrones. Well, yeah. they them yeah, yeah they cancelled they cancelled their whole trilogy that they were going to do. <laughs> see, now, that yeah. that was that. Yeah. That was needed. <laughs> after yeah, after that was what, justified, <laughs> especially when they. Basically focused on Star Wars and then you know, sacrificed well, the other they, show. They, they sacrificed their show to do Star Wars and then they lost Star Wars, unfortunately. Oh, man. But the only thing that might be still coming out is Taika Waititi's one. Which has no release date. Has yeah, Apparently it's in development. But yeah. in terms of shows coming out, there's Andor, which yes. we I think we talked about briefly in uh, Boba Andor. Fett episode. But premiere date, it says here 31st August. I don't know if that's still happening. Is it? Yeah. yeah well, oh, it's coming out soon. Yeah. Yeah, in about a in about a month, in exactly a month, thirty first July. So, looking forward to that. That might be something a little bit different. So, Forrest Whitaker is returning. So he was in Rogue One. Oh um, no way! Yeah, he's yeah. coming back in in the Andor series. Yeah, yeah. So he's oh, he's cast in it, and Diego Luna obviously is, is back yep, as yep. Andor. Twelve episodes for that one, so a bit longer than a normal series. After that, we got Bad Batch season two. Nice. Yes, that should be good. Going to see a return of some good characters. So at the moment they've said 28 September of this year, and then Mandalorian season three, which is expected in February 2023. Nice. And then Ahsoka, which is sometime next year. Ahsoka, that's going to be huge. That's going to be huge. Yeah. Any Rebels fans listening, that's the series to watch. I reckon. Mm-hmm. And then the Acolyte, also next year sometime. This one I'm not across. Is it based in the, like the higher Republic? That's in the past. Past, yeah. yeah. Okay. Roughly 100 years before The Phantom Menace. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so not f- way far back, but just far back enough. There is a Lando series in development. No release date scheduled for that, but... Nice, nice. It'll be good to see him back. I don't think that's confirmed. That Lando that, one. I don't think that's, I think that's rumoured. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I haven't seen anything official about that. Even that Donald Glover's in it. So, yeah, yeah oh, I think actually, that's rumoured. There's yeah. no mention of Donald Glover, but Lando could be recast. I would like to see a series on Lando. It'd be nice. Uh, there's a Rangers of the New Republic. That's cancelled. Is it? Pretty sure. After, that was meant to be Gina Carano's uh, yeah, it's one. Yeah, Gina Carano. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's meant yeah. to be Gina Carano. <laughs> she, was, she was headlining that. There, yeah. there was, there were, there's a project they've announced 
that was sounded very much like Rangers, and I feel like I they're going to they, rebrand it. They rebranded it to not have Gina Carano in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Which is going to be hilarious. And no sympathy for her at all. That's it at the moment in terms of so just shows and just that one movie. So that's it in terms. of I think of they're stuff. leading to a crossover event for the shows, which you would be across this, but I think they're going to have Grand Admiral Thrawn as a big villain, and then crossover all the shows to have him face up against them. Yeah, well, yeah. it was dropped in Mandalorian Season 2, his name. Yes. So we we definitely are expecting to see yeah. him in the Ahsoka series, I believe. Yeah, Ezra Bridges is coming back for Ahsoka. Oh, so. that's going to be amazing. Yeah. yeah, I'd love to see who... So last time you said it was... Um, it is Mina Masood. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. The, the same guy who played Aladdin? Yes. yes. Yeah. In the Disney... Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's all in-house. Nice. Anything else on... Before we move on, anything else on Obi-Wan? I would say it's uh, it's an overall, overall well-delivered package. Maybe not all the contents are there. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, well, well done. Well but I think I'm, they did a good job with it. Yeah. Do you reckon there'll be season two? I reckon there will be. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. 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 Potentially um, get Qui-Gon for the yeah. full season. Yeah. 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 They've definitely yeah. based Ewan McGregor's look at the, in that very last scene when he finally is going on his journey and leaving uh, Moss Eisley. He's a little less disheveled. A little disheveled. His, <laughs> his look is directly based off of uh, issue 21 of the Star Wars comics where he's actually now going on to his own adventures. Yeah. So we might see him get up to other stuff. I hope we see more Liam Neeson. I, yeah. think, they, I think they will do a season two. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I think if you like the prequels especially, uh, which a lot of my friends do, then you'll probably love this. Revenge of the Sith. If you like Revenge of the Sith, you'll love this. Oh, yeah. yeah. And if you haven't seen Revenge of the Sith, mm. if, if anyone hasn't seen the prequels, don't be turned off by memes and stuff. Go and watch them. They're actually good for <laughs> Like, if anything, like, the first two are terrible, in my opinion, but they've still got good parts in it, and the bad parts are hilarious, so I think it's a good watch. <laughs> yeah. I, I frankly think they're, they're all good watches. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I, I still think Phantom Menace, because they, they didn't go full CGI back then, they still use a lot of... Miniatures and bigatures, yeah, so there some. it looks photorealistic. Yeah. So when I watch it on like four K, I'm like, oh, this is bringing back really cool memories of like. And even movies. just for Darth Maul, I think you should watch that. Yeah, he's yeah. one of the best. Just for Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> just for <laughs> Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. The whole prequel. No, I think there's like there's merit in, in the prequels, definitely, and uh, like the parts that are good are hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Like you should watch it with a bunch of friends, the first two, and you'll have a good time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and if if you're doing like a Star Wars marathon, you're watching the OG films. Phantom Menace is like a real breath of fresh air because you actually see proper f- combat, proper space battles that actually have some stake, which is good. Um, yeah, it's good. I reckon get get onto that and Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, definitely yeah. watch that. Attack yeah. of the Clone has hilarious dialogue, like really <laughs> funny. Attack of the Clones, yeah. <laughs> Well, well, Attack of the Clones. We watched that. It was two thousand two when it came out. I remember. Uh, I remember exactly when we watched it. Yeah, and it was like right before we had James Ann or something, like going for like yeah, Melbourne High tutoring. Stuff. I think it was. Yeah, it was yeah. that that time. <laughs> I remember very distinctly the two thousand two World Cup was happening at the same time this movie came out. Yeah, because yeah. I think the final was like the next week or something. Um, so I just soccer yeah. World Cup. Yeah, the soccer mm. World Cup. Yeah, yeah, it was in Japan and Korea. Um, that time Brazil won. Brazil beat um, Germany in the final. Yeah. yeah last time they won yeah. against Germany. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, last time they won World Cup as well. But, yeah. yeah, I remember that that period. But I just found I was like 13-year-old back then and it was just incredible. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 saw, I remember the TV, like the, the TV ads were all centered around like – Yoda is finally going to fight. Yeah, that's see, right. Yeah. Yeah. Like the TV spots just like show like like big 
Christopher Nolan style, like bass music, where you see like Yoda letting go of his staff, picking up a lightsaber, yeah. and then all you see is like. Yeah, I actually liked all those movies the first time I watched them, but I was very young when I watched them. Yeah, Attack yeah, of the Clones. Yeah. I just found we watched it in the cinema. I found yeah. it incredibly boring for like the whole middle part. Yeah, where it's just a it's just a romantic actually, with you know, very bad dialogue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember exactly why because Two Towers came out that year as well. Yes, and Lord of the Rings always came out during the Christmas. Release, whereas so the Star was, uh, Wars was around like September, November. Yes, it was. Yeah, I think it was September. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it was like, oh yeah, yeah this is going to be a nice little yeah. filler to watch before we watch Lord of the Rings. Yeah, because that was going off around that time. It was yes. like yeah. so much hype, which is an incredible segue to what I was going to say next because the Lord of the Rings uh, show is going to premiere in September. Uh, so in preparation for that, we are going to be reviewing the original trilogy. Oh, we're doing it finally. Yes. 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 So I, I thought this would be a good time to do that. Nice, but nice. Th- this will involve a bit of work because we're going to watch the extended cuts of the, of oh, the movies. We're doing the extended? Okay. Uh, and right. we'll, do, we'll do one for each movie um, just so we can cover it. Oh, yeah, and we yeah. don't do like a six-hour episode. So we'll do, <laughs> we'll do one for each movie starting with obviously Fellowship. Nice. Um, so we'll, we'll do that. Pretty soon, uh, we've got the extended editions on Blu-ray, so we yeah, can, yeah, nice, yeah, we nice. Uh, it. Is it when is Rings of Power coming out? September, first week of September. So okay. we've got this month. We've got August. We've got to, this month and next month. Yeah, we've got oh, August, August to, uh, basically. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Bad. to get through it. So we'll we'll do that. I was I was thinking we could do Hobbit as well, but maybe we'll save that for season two of this show mm. or whenever yeah. that comes. Hobbit's out. Do you like Hobbit? Hobbit? <laughs> uh, I'll be honest. The first film was really well done. It was in the vein of the book. Second and third started getting a little bit too, uh, you could say, Hollywood epic fight style. Yeah. Like it, that's not what the book is. I the agree with that. that. Yeah. I, it's, it's meant to be like the vein of the first movie, but I think that tr- the studio wanted to make another trilogy, so they pressured Peter Jackson to coming in and doing it. So I, I don't, I, I don't hold it. It's not you can't hold it up to the original Lord of the Rings, but it's still an interesting um, production value take. Like it's still done by the same studios, so technically. There's something to take out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the way I see, and it's related to Star Wars, the way I see those Hobbit movies, are they're like the prequels for me. Yes. And the the original movie, the original Lord of the Rings movies yeah. are like the original. Trilogy. Whereas the Hobbit was, yeah. had an over-reliance on CGI, whereas the original Lord of the Rings was practical effects. Practical. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yes. It's yeah. almost exact parallel. It's almost similar to the way George Lucas turned out as well. Like Peter Jackson, I feel like he almost had too much confidence in himself when he did those Hobbit movies. Like he felt like he could- Almost do whatever he wants, yeah, and people will watch it. Um, yeah, yep. well, at that point, yeah. it becomes like whatever he says goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the reviews. Yeah, I, yeah, I've, I think we've been talking about it for a while, hinting that we'll be, yeah, we'll do a yeah. do a Lord of the Rings review and say, so, yeah, we'll, be we'll do that. We'll do. I mean, if you're if you're free, we can do the watch along. Like we'll watch it together. Oh yeah, and yeah. we'll we'll record uh, the episode after. Absolutely. Yeah. I've yeah, yeah, I've been meaning to do one for the 20th anniversary. I watched them, but I just didn't do any reviews for. It. I was like yeah. going to do like a whole breakdown on a blog or something, but I thought, you know what? Yeah, let's uh, let's do a team one. So this this should be yeah. good. I guess that brings us to this episode. We kept it to a reasonable time this time, so I think we went through it in decent good amount detail. Of detail. Yeah. 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 yeah, we didn't go through the traditional order of like episode by episode, yeah. which is. Uh, but I think we skipped we around a little bit. Yeah, it's all right. If we, we missed anything also. massive, let us yeah. know. I don't think we did, but yeah, a lot of references here and there. That yeah, I'm sure there are. Yeah, yeah. All right, so if people want to get in touch with us about Obi-Wan and their thoughts about it, how do they go about it? So we're on all platforms at uh, Cognitive Recalibration or you can email us at cognitive 
What is this? I did this last time as well. <laughs> Recalibration podcast at gmail.com. That's right. Yep. Yes. Yeah. 136 episodes and you still don't get it right. Yeah. <laughs> 150 is going to be not done. <laughs> and do you know which platforms allow viewers to leave reviews? So Spotify and iTunes at the moment. I think um, there's one other one. I think it's Podbean. That lets you okay. also put reviews. But the main ones for us are iTunes and Spotify. So, uh, yeah, if you want to support the podcast, you can just leave us a review on, on both of those. I think Spotify is just a star rating. So it's just a, you just give us one to five stars. Right. There's no written review, but iTunes, you can also write a okay, review. Nice. Yeah. Um, but Spotify is our most popular platform anyway. So yep. yeah, just leave us five stars. If, of, of course, if you like it, leave us five stars and, uh, that will help us a lot. Cool. All right. So uh, next week we've got Bullet Train, which we'll be watching the uh, Brad Pitt. Oh, the Brad Pitt one. Yeah, nice. the Brad Pitt star. Um, so ca- uh, watch out for that review. And then we've also got a couple of catch-up reviews that we're going to do for Lightyear, which is coming out on Disney Plus next week. Yeah, it's coming out soon. We're going to watch it in the cinema, but we're like they're releasing it on Disney Plus in a week, so why why bother? So we'll, we'll watch that. And uh, Minions Rise of Gru. We will probably watch it. Uh, I, I will probably, probably watch it. it. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be dressing up in suits for that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will probably. I was actually going to watch it yesterday because I was a bit bored. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll go watch. I was looking at movies that were out, and the only one that was I kind of kind of want to watch was was that. Uh, so it's going to be epic. I've I've actually seen most of those movies in the cinema. I don't know why. (laughs) I don't know how it happened, but I've seen most of them. They're very popular (laughs) for those because of those minions. Yeah, yeah. In China, they go gangbusters. In China, yeah. Yeah. Remember when we went to China? It was in China, right? Yeah, they loved it. Yeah, yeah. Very popular movie. So we'll probably review that at some stage. But yeah, our main focus in August will be Lord of the Rings. So. Bullet train. Amazing. Well, yeah, we'll do. We'll do five, five episodes of bullet train. Of train. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thanks, Basker. Thanks for coming again. Oh, it's and, a pleasure. Um, it's absolute pleasure. Love, love talking about this franchise and uh, yeah. Star Wars in general. But yeah, thanks for inviting me. And always a good discussion, especially yes. when it's involved with uh, with with you guys. That's good. For to our Lord of the Rings discussions uh, as well. Thanks everyone for listening. Hope you had a good time with this episode. Hope you're all staying safe, and uh, we'll see you in the next one. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. 
As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.